It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Gull.nz. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Good afternoon, everyone. Pretty special day uh, for me individually, really. You never broadcast any radio or anything out of Palmerston North, and here I am at my hometown. It's at Fitzherbert Park. It's the slog sweep. A bit of a tip of the hat to Ross Taylor, uh, former Palmy Boys old boy. I know he went to other schools as well. Uh, but we are looking out on the magnificent vista that is Fitzherbert Park. The sun is out, the breeze is up, which is needed because, boy, has there been some rain. In fact, driving, for people that know this part of the world, um, I came for a little bit of a catch-up with a few of the protagonists that are going to take part today. Um, last night, and then I drove down to my parents. The, the piece of road between Linton and Takamaru, I don't think I've ever driven in a hailstorm heavier in New Zealand. It was... 20 kilometres an hour, couldn't see stuff. So they have had some serious rain. The ground crew here have been magnificent. I got here 9 o'clock, caught to 9 this morning. Um, they've just turned the mowers and the rollers off. The covers are off. Fantastic. It's going to be a ripper day, I can see. Levi Sherwood's set up his landing ramp on the far side as well. The marquees are out. The umbrellas are out. The plastic chairs are everywhere. The barbecues are being turned on. So if you're in Palmy, do come down and have a look. There's a there's a heck of a lineup available uh, to watch today. I'll just run run you through the teams they're going to play today. We're not actually commentating the game, although we might do it a little bit. We might bring you the first over or something like that. Uh, first ball, two thirty, weather permitting. Um, it's the slog sweep team slog. Um, some of you will know these people. Um, Dave Bovey, Dane Cleaver, Dave Fulton, Paul Gibbs, Matthew Goodson, Jamie Howe, Robbie Laird, Dave Meering, Andrew Muley, uh, Mitch Renwick, Ian Sandbrook, Matthew Sinclair, and of course Ross Taylor will be captain. Alec Astle's coaching them. So that's that's more than 11, isn't it, Staff? 3, 6, 9, 11, 12. Oh, there's a 12th man. Um, and Sweep, which is the rugby team, is Roald Bardenhorst, Dean Budd, Craig Clear, Jared Cunningham, Brett Davis, Tony Falloon, great mate of mine, Towns, uh, Bryce Grant, Mark Gunning, Scott Larson, Tim Richards, Bevan Small, and Andre Taylor. Now, Bevan Small's a cricketer. I'm sure Bevan Small's a cricketer. He's in the rugby team. Don't know, quite know how that's come about. And Dave Sims will be coaching that side as well. We're also going to catch up with Gary Humson <clears throat> and also Levi Sherwood, I hope. Sammy's in the scorer's box with me, Sammy. And uh, your first time to Fitzherbert Park. Thoughts, emotions? Oh. Great picture in front of us here, staff, including the uh, the beautiful striping of the outfield. <laughs> how and, did I uh, know that was the first thing? <clears throat> you we know how much you love lawns. <laughs> you know I love lawns, and they love to be mowed. Um, yeah, just the, the man on the orange tractor who, and I believe that's a, a specialist striping machine, staff. It um, is. He, it's the Kubota he, striper. He has gone to work in a fantastic way. Beautiful outfield, and 
I'll be honest, I thought we were sort of going to rock up to almost like a school or a or just yeah, sort of local park. But this is this is proper venue, cricket venue stuff. Um, so look, if Colin Maiden's unavailable for the next couple of weeks, why not fly them down to Palmy? Yeah, it's magnificent. They've actually, I understand, they've just regained their oh, tier one, whatever it is. They, they can now have first class cricket here. The facilities weren't quite up to standard for tier one games. So central districts are going to be playing games here again after a long time away. Um, you can see that grass bank over there, Sam, opposite us. That didn't used to be there. That's a whole heap of dirt and they've grassed it. It's been there for a while now. Over the back of that is the all-weather hockey surface. Uh, behind that's the Rose Gardens. And over the right, which you can't see, is Ongley Park, which has feels like when you're a kid, like 100 rugby fields. That's where all the um, junior rugby's played. We've got marquees, um, gondolas. We've got the whole shooting box. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous to be back here. And you guys... I want you to hark back to your childhoods, really, for Midday Madness. Um, oh, Sam's just going to go, I think we might have our first guest very shortly. Where you go, Sam, go and, go and grab him. I think this might be the groundsman, actually, who's coming in. And Sam's just been frothing about the lines on the ground. Uh, Midday Madness, very shortly. I want you to tell us about people you were at school with that went on to great things. And, you know, people obviously all these great athletes or business people or musicians that you were at school with and have gone on to great things. We've talked to Sam before, like um, when he was at school, he was at school with um, Chris Wood and look what he has gone on to do. Um, I was at school with Amosi Colotto and people of my era will remember how amazing he was. So I'm keen to hear from you, um, the schoolboy heroes, schoolgirl heroes, were you at school with the Silver Fern? Were they just the amazing one? And I'm looking through these. Some bios have been done up for some of these guys. Um, so rugby people, you know who Dean Budd is. He played for Italy. He actually captained Italy. And scrolling through, I'm just going to go and find his um, So his resume. Um, he was the top third and fourth form cricketer. This is the guy that played lock for Italy, right? Um, and he won the 110 metres senior hurdles. So this is, these are the sorts of things. So maybe you can share with us um, some people you went to school with and uh, what they went on to do. I remember I was at school with a guy, Saki Hanna. He ended up being our head boy. Um, when he was 14, he came sixth in the men's open 100 metres backstroke, which is just amazing. So give us a yell about your schoolboy, schoolgirl heroes that went on to great things. Uh, first one we'll hear from is Kenny from Canterbury. G'day, Kenny. Hey, how's it going? Good, thanks, Kenny. Uh, this one's a bit of a, a, well, I think quite a good one anyway. Um, I was at school with him. He was a little bit younger, like a, a few years younger. Um, but I actually ended up coaching him in a different sport than what he's famous for. Oh, who's that? Does Sam Bosworth ring a bell? That does ring a bell. Sam Bosworth. Don't make me Google it. I reckon it. it'd be... No, I reckon it'd be a great vault for Sammy. Oh, a great vault for Sammy. Sam Bosworth. Does that ring a bell with you, Sammy? Yeah. No, he's shaking his head. The Cox that won the gold medal with the eight. Ah, uh, the recent eight, not the 72 eight, because yeah. that was Simon Dickey. No, 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 no that's uh, probably twice my age, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Bosworth, I like that. So you um, were at school with him. What hockey. did he do at school? Yeah. Uh, so he played hockey, and when I left school, I started coaching the same school. Oh, wow. 
That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. There's a few other, Damien McKenzie as well, same school. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so it's from Southland. Is it Southland boys? No, no, no. They went went to school in Christchurch. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Good stuff, Kenny. That's a good one to kick us off with, mate. Cheers, Sappy. Thank Cheers, you. buddy. Kenny from Canterbury. Had a few texts through. Gary Hermanson, good number eight back in the day. Played, of course, for the Mighty Green and White. Of course, anyone that plays for Manawatu is a great player. Um, James has said, I went to school with Captain K. Jeez. What's he gone on to do? Um, people I was at school with include Golfer Grant Waite. Same here. He was my best friend in Standard 2. I went to Standard 3 and he jumped to Standard 4. I must have been thick. Well, he was very clever, one of the other two. Um, so give us a yell, 0800 150 811. We'll take a quick, our first break from, I tell you what, the sun, I thought it was out before, it's proper out now. There's shadows. They just put a big thing over the wicket. I've got a man who's going to explain to me what the heck is going on out there, that great big white cover that's gone on there and a huge big cylindrical thing. Um, we will take a break and we'll learn more about this magnificent ground that is Fitzherbert Park. Stick around. Good afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yes, you're on Afternoons with Staffy. SENZ, thank you to Goal, Goal.NZ. They fuel your mission all year round. Go and register there. We're live from Fitzherbert Park. Uh, we've got another call. Very shortly, we're going to talk to Levi Sherwood's just come up into the booth, which is fantastic. But Joey from Auckland, who from your school days has gone on to big things? Oh, well, Baffy, uh, my best mate, um, was the first, one of the first guy to, um, to change things around through his grandparents' um, heritage. Is, was um, You probably you may know him, I've heard of him, um, was Sean Lanning. He played for, yes. uh, and was played the first for guy to play for Scotland. Played for counties, and his old his father was a Terry Lanine was the All Black, and Sean played 20, 26 tests for Scotland, and uh, yeah he was uh, he's my best mate, and um, yeah he's still still doing stuff over there uh, with um, in, in Scotland, and uh, and another one too uh, was um, Pete Corlett, Buddy Corlett's son. Um, Pete Pete went to the same school as me, and we we're, we're good mates, and um, him him and his, his brother played for New Zealand uh, basketball, Neville. And uh, Pete was a uh, a um, junior junior All Black, played for Auckland when when Grant Fox and them were playing for Auckland. That yeah, oh wow, all that. Um, sh- sh- I feel and, like and Sean yeah. Lanine was one of the first um, first New Zealanders to play for another rugby team. He was he was early, he early was, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he was the first first guy to to be able to play through his um, grandparents' heritage. He went over there and he um he had a game for. Uh, um, Edinburgh, and Ian McGeekin was the coach of Scotland at the time, and he spotted him, and he said, "When if we can get this guy to play for Scotland, and they um, did all the stuff, and they still call him the, the Kilted Kiwi. He's the original <laughs> Kilted Kiwi. He is too. And Sean, um, yeah, and he went over there, and, and of course his father was uh, was a very good All Black um, uh, through the 60s and 50s. Yeah, wow. so, um, yeah, there you go. How's it down there, staff, today? How's it down in the mighty Marawa too? Couldn't be happier, mate. Couldn't be happier. Bit of a breeze. I mean, if you're in Palmy and it's not windy, something's wrong. Um, I tell you what, that uh, it just looks magnificent. The sun is completely out. All the covers are off. Groundsman doing the last preparation. It's stunning, mate. I love being here. Well, I tell you what, mate. The mighty Manawatu will come right. Don't worry about that, mate. 
That's it, brother. The mighty Manawatu, the turbos. Up you go, son. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. You have a great day, mate. Cheers, Bye-bye. buddy. Cheers, mate. Uh, Joey out of Auckland there. Um, yep, so the weather's still holding good. Um, we're going to bring you some guests uh, during the day. We never know quite what time or who we're going to get at what time, but we're starting with the best, really, today. Uh, joining us uh, up here, Levi Sherwood. It's a cricket and rugby thing, and you're nothing like that. But, uh, mate, uh, you've come out of retirement for today. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me up here. Um yeah, no, it's definitely not uh, common ground for me to be in an event like this, so it's um, pretty exciting. We are actually talking about it with the guys earlier, how, um, you know, the chance we get, the opportunities we get to do stuff like this, which is um, pretty cool. But um, coming out of retirement, I don't, I uh, wouldn't really call it that. Um, <laughs> it's been a couple of years, we were just talking earlier before the show, it's been a couple of years since I've even jumped on a ramp and... Um, I kind of got. I wrote myself into this one, but I, I kind. I like doing events like this. Like they're nice and fun, and and you're not too serious. So um, that's all good. I uh, put a bike together. I didn't even have a bike ready to go, so I, I put that together and um, planned to do a bit of practice this week before the event. But good old Palmy didn't really perf- um, provide us with any good weather. So just gonna uh, go out there and do what we hopefully I remember what I, what to do and <laughs> have a go and, and enjoy it just nail the landing of course yeah that's the most important part isn't it yeah oh, I hope so I'll be watching like a hawk mate. <laughs> um, um, pretty long career though doing death defying stuff and just pushing yourself for so long when did you start flipping around on bikes um yeah it was a long time I think it was about 20 years um about eight or nine years old wow um and I kind of finished up. The last big event I'd done, I was 25, and I continued it through 20, when I was 26. It broke my ankle quite bad, so I never actually made it back for that next season. And that was about the end of it. Um, I continued to do stuff here in New Zealand, um, like what we're doing today, uh, shows around the country, which is, is pretty fun. I, I really enjoy that, that side of riding. Um, I'd done that up until probably about two years ago. Mm. And then, yeah, just kind of still help put on the shows and do everything and um like that but i yeah to stop riding one day just decided to leave my bike at home and haven't really felt the urge since and um yeah to be honest it took me a bit to um even think about doing this one but after i thought about it for long enough i started to get a little bit excited so yeah <laughs> we'll see how we go what a change in life like from being a kid growing up in palmy like we've got that in common and then you're just traveling the world x games gold medals um Red Bull athlete, just throwing yourself through the air in all countries of the world. Can, can you quite believe what you got up to for, for all those years? Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting now. I've had like a few years out of it. You kind of can look back and understand what people would say about, you know, what you did or where you go or, or whatever, or even um, potentially how dangerous things are. Like, I can understand that now. I've had a time off the bike. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like... In the in the thick of it, it's all you know. You know, that's normal. Um, I started so young that I think, you know, the first major event I'd done, I was about 12 years old. Started travelling Australia, riding events here at, at 12. And when I was 16, started travelling the world by myself. So I, did, I don't really have anything else to go off. <laughs> but, um, it's, you know, like now I've had time, time off and um, you can appreciate from a different angle. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it all starts to kind of come around in and you definitely got a different perspective nowadays 
Because when, like, I caught up with a few old schoolmates and stuff last night that I had, there was a guy actually uh, was in the bar last night at, at the club rooms here. I hadn't seen him since the last day of school, and that's a thousand years ago. And just, you talk about the paths that you've been on. I mean, kids that you're at school with, I guess they're, they like stapling pamphlets and, and um, accounts rocks, and compared to what you do, it's just like, when you've done that your whole life, I'm pleased you said you've had time to look back and go, actually, what I did was pretty out there compared to Joe Average. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I really don't even have much to say about it. Like, it's just, that was normal for me. And, um, you know, when I look towards what other people would do for a job, sometimes I thought that was pretty out there, you know. Um, but that's their normal. And, um, yeah, everyone's, everyone's just got a different normal, it seemed for me. And, this is, I just always rode dirt bikes and done this. So I, just, I thought that's just what you do. I remember way back in the day when I was a kid and your dad was racing Speedway at um, Palmerston North Stock Car Track and he rode the solos. And they'd have a couple of races a night and I used to sit there and, mate, he was so good. Like, four-lap race. And at some stages, he was giving the the other three riders three-quarters of a lap head start and he'd still bloody win. And he it's because he, he used to pass around the outside. No one yeah. passed around the outside. He was just nuts. Yeah, no, you definitely hit the nail on the head there. My uh, my, my dad is nuts. Um, <laughs> you, you might say, like, with what I did, I, you know, people said that about that. But I watched my old man on a bike and I think, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll know exactly what he mean, what I mean if he's listening to this, you know. Um but yeah, yeah, no, nah, he he was pretty awesome on a speedway bike. He actually still rides them now. Wow. I think he just turned we sixty three, and we we're at the track the other day riding speedway. So it was pretty cool. Wow. So did what what happened to your fear, Gene? What happened to the fear part in your mind, or is that part of the challenge or part of the excitement? Because you to be at the top for so long, you had to keep evolving. You had to get harder. You had to get trickier. You had to do something first. Is that what drove you? Yeah, definitely the challenge. Um, different, like at different stages, it um, it was different things, you know. Um, like initially, you just you're just young and you want to be the best, so that that's it. And then you kind of get to that level, and you kind of got to find a new reason because it, it just gets a bit boring. So, well, what next? Are you trying to maintain it, or why am I doing this? And in the end, it was um, the engineering and bike development that kept me going for the last few years. It was um, I just I love engineering and I'm fascinated by that. And, um, yeah, to be honest, the last probably two years just building bikes and making parts and having that edge that no one even knew about. And it's quite funny now, like I talk about it a lot on, on Instagram or, or social media or even just face-to-face with old friends. And yeah, sometimes they nearly seem a bit pissed off, you know, when they're finding out like five, six years later of, of how I'd go about things. But, um, yeah, that's that's that was kind of what kept me going. Yeah, awesome. One more question. I know Sammy wants to have a quick yarn to you as well. Um, what's the... What was the biggest challenge as far as a stunt, as far as a trick was, and therefore was the hardest one, and you got satisfaction because you nailed it? Was there one that you really built up to in your career? Um, good question. It's not necessarily the trick. It was um, like everything's easy once you know how to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Each thing is hard. You know, some things are harder to learn than others, whether you know whether it's on the bike or just in generally in anything. But um, yeah, I remember like being young, probably backflipping is like a huge, huge staple for anyone that enters a sport, you know, even if they start out now or, or you know, 10 years ago or whenever is, is that first time backflipping, that commitment it takes, um, 
that was a major one. And then as soon as you kind of done that, it you know opened up your world to a whole new whole raft of tricks. Yeah, you got all these new tricks you can do, and like we're looking at it the um with our setup now, and it's you know. 10 years ago we were jumping onto an old truck with a steel landing and now we've got a nice blow up landing so you know being in my position now I wouldn't even have considered doing this event if we're still riding you know our landing and and our technology from 10 years ago but um so you know there's there's different things like that like foam pits have evolved and our landings are uh, what we call airbags which are all blown up and they're a lot safer definitely things can go wrong at any time but it's um you know just trying to minimize it along the way I nearly didn't notice you when you walked up the stands here because you didn't have the long hair, <laughs> which is obviously like a staple of extreme sports. And I was wondering if now that you're out of it, that's like your passport gets taken away. You have to cut your hair when you're not actually in the game anymore. Is that how, is that how it works? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I definitely um, I did I did enjoy the hair, but it was um, I like being incognito now, you know. And and if you got to filthy mullet like that you're always going to get looked at and then they, people will put two and two together from that so yeah no i, I like to keep it pretty low-key now, nowadays definitely the stereotype eh, Steph, yeah. to, have the, to be an extreme athlete oh, with the long under, hair underneath, yeah. the helmet. underneath the hat yeah and, definitely yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. sort of you're rocking that sort of um business look now more of an accountant oh. kind of vibe, more of an office vibe you know yeah <laughs> far from that but um yeah try to fit in a little bit more maybe far too many scars for an accountant just <laughs> quickly what about um like, do you have any cricket interest? Play? Did you play as a kid? Or Honestly, did you... I, I, like my whole life has just been dirt bikes, two yeah. wheels. Now it's four wheels, but it's um. I honestly don't know much out of the world of motorsport. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all it was. I went to school and it was um. I had a I had a good time at school. I remember I used to love maths and and um, metalwork, but. Apart from that, I looked out the window wondering until I could ride my bike next, you know. And yeah. to be honest, it's still kind of like that now. So um, I don't really I – li- I tell people I live under a rock and they, they really don't believe me, but it, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's about it, how and, it is. And so you're not sort of doing this sort of stuff anymore, but, yeah, what are your – what's riding look like now? Does he like sort of tracks that you go to? Do you just muck around on a paddock or something? What's it, what's um, it look like? Yeah, like I said, I haven't really jumped for a lot, a uh, long time, but um, I still – get out on the, on the dirt bike go ride motocross tracks now and it's purely for fun like um try get out at least once a week or every couple of weeks keep my sanity eh? but um yeah yes i uh started racing speedway which has been a bit of an adventure so far i'm really enjoying that it's um what are you in a midget yeah racing a midget it's um been a good learning curve but it's um it's quite cool starting from the bottom but having experience of how to um navigate your way through through something you know um so it's, you're starting completely clean, but just, w- I mean, my experience is from, you know, dirt bike but uh, dirt bike riding, but uh, 20 years of competing is, is, I haven't forgot about that, you know. So mm. it's, um, it's kind of cool to try and reapply that to something else and see if the formula is still the same. Yeah, because oh. cause I was just going to say, you've gone from like such high adrenaline with these jumps and everything, and you just said you're riding for fun now, but... What's what's fun? Like, do you still try and push the limit, or are you, are you able just to sort of go round a track and play it safe? Oh, on a dirt bike, I'm pretty cruisy, like, <laughs> I'm pretty mellow, eh? So it's um just it, about being out there, yeah, and, just yeah. yeah. Like some days you just feel you feel good and 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 it works, so you push it, and then days that you don't, you're like, right, I'm happy to be here with my friends. Like, it's not all about actually being on the bike; it's the whole experience of the of the day and everything. So it's um yeah, I mean, if if I go out there and jump the ramp and I feel good, then who knows what will happen. But 
if I go out there and I feel like, okay, I'm, I really need to be a bit cautious here, then I definitely know how to do that too, you know. Mm. We've got Levi Shield with us. We're just going to take a couple of minutes break, uh, new sport and weather, and we will come back. I've got a couple more questions for Levi, then we'll let him go and uh, polish up that magnificent landing pit he's got over there. Stick around, Levi Sherwood, after the news. Afternoons with Stabby coming to you from Fitzherbert Park. Thanks to Property Brokers for helping us get here. It's going to be a fantastic event. 2.30 is the first ball players are starting to roll into the gates. We're going to have a chat to a couple of them very soon, but I didn't let Levi Sherwood go away quite yet. Such an amazing career. But Leo, Levi, we've talked about your past, your current. I follow you on social media. Um, 3D printing. I have no idea what you're doing, but it's quite mesmerizing to watch the images you put up on your up on your socials, um, you're designing bits for bikes and bits for cars. What are you actually doing now? Um, pretty much that, just designing bits for whatever. Um, like I, for the last couple of years, I spent um, designing my own dirt bike, own motorcycle, for like the first um, freestyle motocross bike. So that that took a long time. Um, I mentioned before when we're talking about um, you know what drove me in, in my career in the end was designing bike stuff and you can see my bike actually leaning up against the fence over there it's the last comp bike i rode um that bike's actually pretty cool uh, it's probably my favorite to be honest like everything's handmade and completely custom and it got to a point where i couldn't do any more without starting from scratch and that was right at the end of um, my career that i got it to that point and and i wanted to build this bike and i, I had the idea and everything i didn't really know where i was going with it but i knew i was going to do it and um, so I kind of finished riding, but I still followed that um, project and seen that through. And that took me a couple of years um, from designing to building to then testing. And that was about the last time I, I actually jumped a ramp and, and rode freestyle was testing that bike and, and kind of breaking it in and seeing what it could do. Um, so that was pretty cool. But, you know, to do that, I had to learn so much. Like I, I've, I, I know my way around a workshop, know how to kind of weld a machine and, and, and fabricate things but um, I didn't really I knew I always wanted to learn CAD design and I, and I wanted to learn how to design things so it can be CNC machined and, and 3D printed and need to learn how to 3D print and I had to learn a lot to be able to do this project just to even build this bike you know And um, but it was good it was fun I, l I really jumped in the deep end and, and learned probably the hard way <laughs> with a lot of things but I got there in the end and yeah so I mean that's kind of what I do now is just design, develop, and, and, and make stuff. Awesome. Now, we know that um, Kelly Slater has got his own surf ranch. Pete Sampras had a tennis ranch. I hear Levi Sherwood's got a bit of a jumping pit ranch and uh, a sort of a made-to-purpose property just outside Palmy. Yeah, well, I did. I did up until about a year ago. Uh -huh. um, yeah, no, it, it was um, it was pretty cool in its day, especially when I was competing. It was... Um, probably spent more time in the diggers and, and bobcat and whatnot just maintaining and preparing that place <laughs> um than than riding or doing anything else and um as you know the career kind of finished and everything um that kind of got put to the side you know overgrown and whatnot so uh end of last year i decided I'd, it was time to clean it up and got in a nice big bulldozer and flattened it all out and now it's getting converted back to a farm so <laughs> i'm actually pretty excited about that it's funny it's um it was like there was a couple of moments where it was like end of an era when I was bulldozing it, but I was I was actually more excited to clear it up and turn it back to farmland. Sammy's just told me you've got some texts in here. Um, Sherwin did riding in something like the Paris Dakar. Oh, did. 
Okay, Sherwood. Okay, it's not sure. Did riding in something like the Paris Dakar rally ever interest you? Nah, not at all. Not even <laughs> one bit. <laughs> okay. Here's the answer. Here's yeah. the answer. Yeah. Next one, Steffi. I watched Levi at Western Springs when he was eight or nine, I think. Pretty sure the Krusty Demons got him up for it. Uh, ask him about that. Yep. Yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, that was the first time Krusty Demons came to the country. It was Western Springs, and... Um, that was an eye opener for me. It was, <laughs> it was pretty intense. Like I, maybe I was that age, maybe maybe about ten or eleven or something. Um, I think there's like twenty three thousand people there, and they, those were the days when it, the guys that rode freestyle at that level were rock stars too. You know, so that was a <laughs> that was a bit of an eye opener for me. But um, yeah, it was a cool event. Someone wants to know if you got a lifelong supply of Red Bull. <laughs> I guess I kind of do. <laughs> we, I um, I've I would like I haven't worked with Red Bull for a few years since I stopped riding, but um, it still turns up on my doorstep. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! <laughs> I still drink it. And lastly, what you were just talking about the eight, nine, ten-year-old, whatever it is, with the demons at, at Western Springs during your career, when you you were the top of the world for a while there, and seeing the kids watching you, did you translate that to I was that kid watching someone else and now they're the kid and watching me? Yeah, yeah. It's um interesting position being in that, like being in that position because, um, you know, being from Palmy, New Zealand, uh, every time I come home, your mates keep you pretty level-headed, you know. Everyone yeah. around you keep you level-headed, keeps you level-headed. My old man made sure of that too, you know, in a good way, um, which was pretty cool. So it's quite interesting when you'd see these kids and then you'd re- you'd realize that you are that guy that you used to look up to but it took a long time for me to kind of click to that it wasn't until probably the very end but I mean you whether I click to that or not you definitely the whole time through you realize um that you got to try and spark that interest in them like that was with you mm-hmm. you know when mm-hmm. you're that age which was pretty cool so um yeah yeah do you help any youngsters now yeah, try to. Um, we've got young Carlos out there. He's riding with us today. And uh, we've got a few, uh, a couple of new Groms we want to train up on the team. So it's um, it's quite an interesting one trying to um, get, because you need to start young with anything, you know, to actually be able to follow through and, and learn the stuff. And it's quite hard um, trying to spark that interest. It's easy to spark the interest in the, in the kid to want to come and do this. But then... To follow it through with the parents is very hard, you know. Yeah. So it's um, <laughs> but it's becoming a little bit easier with us now because, like I said, the landings are a lot safer. We've got foam pits and and we've got you know people like Nick and myself that have been out there and learnt the hard way with everything, so we can cut a few corners for them. Yeah, Levi, I can't wait to see you between innings. We're seeing a few of the players uh, getting in. I know you've got to go and maybe rub a bit of spit and polish on that bike that's just leaning under against the tree. No security around that to, bike. It'll be worth a fortune. To be, to be, <laughs> My to, eyes haven't lifted, don't you worry. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Steph, the kids are here for, for, for Levi. They're not, they're not here for the cricket. I know. I know. Yeah. Hey, Levi, awesome to have you stop by and have a chat. Um, massive congratulations on the career. And, and I can just see by the smile on your face and the, the chopped-off mullet, you're pretty happy with where you're at in life at the moment. And, and I love that you're helping out some youngsters as well and... And I'm sure if anyone got in touch with her, you'd say, yep, yep, yep I'll, I'll give your kid a bit of a hand along too. For sure, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if there's anyone out there listening, um, we've got the facilities and the places to do it. So we're always looking for new riders, which will be good. And yeah, thanks for having me. It's been good chatting and we'll see you out there. Cheers, mate. Levi Sherwood there. And uh, we will report on his halftime show. Don't you worry about that. First time on a bike for two years. I'm going to report good stuff, not bad stuff. Don't jinx it. Um, we'll be back after a short break. Look for some good value fuel. 
Goal.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yes, thank you to Property Brokers for bringing uh, Afternoons with Staffy down to Fitzherbert Park. The paint's being put on the pitch. A man that's more used to rugby fields than cricket pitches is joining me now. Former Hurricanes, former Turbos, for a Taranaki, for a New Zealand Māori. I'm running out of breath. Andre Taylor, great to have you. Great to see you, Dre. Oh, it's great to see you, Steph. On this windy day in Palmy. It's just Palmy. Well, it's not raining, so that's a start. What's your cricket pedigree, mate? Uh, haven't played since intermediate, and <laughs> I think I played for the one or two reps, and I got out for five ducks in a row, so <laughs> I've got a great stats. <laughs> so what are you, you bat 11 don't bowl field third man are you sort of the same sort of cricketer as me yeah I thought I'd run the water mm. I think that's a better option but no I, I got in the nets this morning and was hitting the ball quite well so oh, I'm, nice. I'm quite excited um, you're still involved in um, rugby here I know you've done some coaching with the women in Manawatu as well what's, what's your involvement in rugby now yeah so I'm just coaching uh, Kiatoa women's rugby senior rugby um and then just seeing where that leads to, um, and then just trying to give back to the community wherever I can, and helping out individuals whenever they ask, and you know just plot away. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Mate, you're in great nick. Just looking at you, like you know, you're in great nick. Like you could, you're the sort of guy that could just keep playing and playing. Did you play club this year? Yeah, yeah, I played uh, club this year. So once the uh, women's rugby finished, I went and played for my uh, club college old boys, and uh, we ended up winning the winning the Hankin Shield and um, it was actually really fun so um, next year you never know what can happen get training <laughs> and what are you doing with yourself in and around Palmy now uh, yes yeah, so I work at um, Ashurst School um, as a sports coach and also a part-time caretaker out there as well um, obviously that's where I went when I, was, when I was a kid so it's always good to give back to where it, where it all began and you dabbled a bit in landscaping as well when you first sort of came back um, what, you had a great business name too what was it? <laughs> yeah so when I got back from Japan I started my own um, property maintenance business called Razor Cuts Razor, <laughs> Razor Cut Services and <laughs> it was quite busy um, but then yeah obviously I got off at this job at Ashurst School and loved it so you know, what's better than giving back to kids and making them better athletes. Yeah. Now producer Sam is um he's just he just froths these stripes out here on Fitzherbert Park. He paints his own lawn at home, um, or dyes it or paints it and he's just put up half a half a subway in there. Can you talk about That's so it? unfair you did that. You saw me putting it in my mouth and you brought that up. You <laughs> couldn't respond. <laughs> Very yeah. common staff for um sports grounds to to dye the surface. So a lot of people take the piss out of me for that, but it's actually, I'm trying to get that Eden Park look. You'll learn, mate. It's all about timing. So, yes, Drake, give Sam some lawn tips. What's, what's some of the lawn tips you learned that you didn't know? Um, mowing the lawn the opposite way every time. So if you mow it one way, next week, mow it the other way so mm. it grows straight. Because if you keep mowing it the same way, the grass will follow that way the whole time. So mm, that, was, a, that was one I didn't really... Really oh, so if it. you mow the, like the first strip right yep. next to your house, if you're going east to west, yep. then you've got to next go week go back the other yep. way. Do you yeah, do that yeah. soon? Yep, yep. Mix it up every time. Yet sometimes diagonal, sometimes cross. Sometimes just follow the natural contour of the uh, of the area that I'm mowing. So um, I'm all across that. Um, my biggest problem at the moment is uh, <coughs> very patchy, very patchy lawn. So um, got some areas that really need some love, and I've, try, I've tried three or four times to to put the seed down and get it to grow, but 
no luck. So, well, maybe you're, you're barking down the wrong tree, and you maybe need to come see me, and I'll give you some grass. Razor cuts is that? No, no, it's through <laughs> my it's through my family business. Um, my father-in-law he's got a family business called Todd Seeds, and we've got the best grass around the New Zealand. Oh, so, there you go. If you want to, if you want grass, Sold. come see me on Facebook, and I'll look after you. <laughs> That's what it's all about, Steph. That's why we're here. <laughs> uh, mate, uh, this is uh, obviously in recognition of Ross Taylor. Um, you've played a lot of high-level sport. Ross Taylor, though, he, he's he's something special to this the, to this area and to hold New Zealand, isn't he? Oh, totally. You know, um, when you look at the calibre of players playing today and you're sort of turning up and you don't know who's going to be taking the new ball, it's, um, you're like, I don't want it, you know, because <laughs> if you walk out there and you've got Ross Taylor and Matt Sinclair opening the batting, um, <laughs> you don't want to go for the record number of runs in an over, you know, 36 I think it is, but you don't want your stats to be a bit, 200 and something for none or something like that. So, You've got some handy players in your team. Dean Budd, the former Italian rugby captain. Um, Craig Clear just looks like a unit still, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a tank. He's and a- Buddy, obviously, I played in the Classic All Blacks with him, so we had a bit of a bit of a uh, review about the game for, for this game over there and whatnot. So. Bit of a report card on Beaver because you were in the Classic 2022 when you went over to Spain and played over there. What sort of teammate's Beaver? Oh, he's a great man. Yes. He's a great man. He is, he is a, he? He's a great team man. Um, he was one of the best, one of the best over there. Um, real, you know, just loving type person, and got along with you, and cracked a few jokes like we all do, Stad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you have to have a net before you play, Andre? Um, I'm not too sure. I had a bit of a bat in the nets over in the indoor facility earlier, and um, so I'm not too sure what the old schedule was for here. I thought you just used to you just turn up and play, so. We'll see what happens. See what happens. So, bowling, you going to ask for the ball? Oh, uh, there was, I was beaming them down there in the nets and with a bit of pace. So, um, who knows? Who knows? But I'm, uh, the thing is, you're too nervous because you're playing against so many good batters, you know. In the nets, I was Matt Sinclair bowling Matt Sinclair and he was just pumping me everywhere. <laughs> I was just like, you know, so what do you do? Yeah. You know, but it's it's about the fans. I, I've got a, actually an idea for you because it doesn't look like the pitch inspection at the moment is pretty minimal. It's just a lot of guys standing around having a chat. So I reckon you head out there, maybe with some spikes on, just get stuck into a little area, <laughs> target that when you're bowling. They won't know it's coming. No one, no one's getting down on their hands and knees and looking at it, Steph. So no, you know, just get amongst that little divot off to the left hand side. You know, I wouldn't, aim even, for that. I wouldn't even be able to hit it <laughs> two out of ten times, mate. <laughs> That's if what I it takes. do, it's luck. All right, Drake, we'll let you go and get your uh, nourishment before you go out there. Thanks for joining us today. All the best, and I reckon we might see you back on the field next year. Nah, cheers, guys, and Steph, you're an inspirational, mate. You're inspirational. Cheers, Drake. We'll be cheers, back in a moat. Got a few text messages that I've got to um, got to get through. A question for Sam: What's a shadow cut? Jeff the ref wants to know from Sam what a shadow cut is. Sam's just consuming. No, oh, okay, he's got no idea. Um, uh, there was another one here. Staff, great to have you in the Manawatu today, bringing your show live from Fatua Park. We all appreciate you being here. Um, next year, I don't know quite what that says, but it's a great tribute to Ross Taylor. Cheers from Diet in the Manawatu. Yeah, oh, some great people in Manawatu, isn't there? And we got a lot of text messages saying they enjoyed the chat with um, Levi Sherrod. Very shortly, we're going to catch up with a man that's played all over the world, rugby all over the world, Craig Clear, um, Highlanders, uh, Wanganui up until very recently. Found it very hard to retire. 
Uh, but he has retired, and he's made the journey over from Wanganui to take part in this. Craig Clear will join us after New Sport and Weather. Your afternoons with Stevie. Thanks to Gal, Gal.NZ, fueling your mission all year round. Back after the news. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.NZ, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Great to have you listening in around the country, around the world, because you can listen to us around the world on the SENZ app. You can download that, take us wherever you want. And if you're in Palmy, you should probably come down to Fitzherbert Park because the sun is out, the breeze is just knocking the edge off, it's drying out the outfield, and we have the slog sweep on. Um, the attraction of Ross Taylor has pulled guys out of retirement. Long retirement, some of them, but a man that has been playing not too far gone past. Craig Clear played a lot of rugby around the world. Craig, thanks for coming and chatting to us today. Nah, cheers, Steffi. Thanks for having me on. Um, geez, you've played everywhere. The one that I wanted to ask you about, straight away. I mean, you played for Manawatu, Otago, the Highlanders, Bay of Plenty, Whanganui, but you played in Italy and Japan. I want to talk about Russia. You yeah. played in Russia. Yeah, uh, pr- obviously pretty random place to go plan. Um, <laughs> obviously before the war at the moment. <laughs> uh, no, there was, a, there was a good group of Kiwis over there and um, met, met up with a guy I used to play with uh, at a wedding and he said he was playing over there and um, uh, kind of eventuated from that. I've talked to Marty Banks about playing in Russia Yep, and yep. he says I have to be careful about what I say. Is it a weird setup? Hugely, hugely. Um, you know, I remember coming home from training once, getting paid, and you just had a r- rubbish bag full of uh, money, cash. <laughs> almost felt like Monopoly money, eh? It was, it was fair to say I held my bag pretty tightly all, all the way home. How long were you there for? Uh, I, I did two two years there. Um, I was actually got signed back to go back again, but um, it was near the time that uh, that Malaysian Airways got shot down over Ukraine. So, um, yeah, a few sanctions got put on, and, and obviously... Uh, their economy kind of started down on the downturn. So what did you do away from rugby, living in Russia? Whereabouts in Russia were you living? Uh, a place called Krasnyarsk. So um, for those that don't know Russia that well, <laughs> uh, in between um, Mongolia and Kazakhstan. Wow. <laughs> so in sounds, Siberia, basically. so loose. Man. Yeah, Siberia. Um, no, it was, a, it was one of the greatest experiences I've been through. I was As a rugby player, you kind of get babied a little bit. Um, you know, all you have to do is turn up in time, and and, and uh, you pretty much get told what to do. But over there, um, yeah, hugely, hugely um, great opportunity for a bit of personal growth and grow up a bit. So self-preservation. Um, yeah, yeah. Did, was there any danger? Did you ever feel in danger? Uh, we played in Crimea for an expo- exhibition game. Um, that was shortly after they had taken it over. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Um, and the, yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember we had a meeting with the uh, president of the club, uh, a group of boys, and we had a translator going back and forth. And um, we're kind of like, you know, on the New Zealand tourism app, it's a it's a red no go zone, and we're going back and forth. And the president's saying, you know, oh, it's it's a, a Russian holiday destination. It's going to be fine. It's okay. And we're like, 
yeah, no, nah, it doesn't look that way on the app. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, next minute he's just come back, oh, oh we won't pay you then. <laughs> We're like, oh. Okay, we'll uh, go. Okay, okay we better, better go. But, yeah, I mean, we flew in there uh, pretty open-minded. I said goodbye to my partner. I didn't know if I'd see her again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I mean, um, you know, get off the tarmac. There's people with AK-47s. and Yeah, there's, uh, you know, fighter squadrons flying over, bomber planes, you know, satellite planes when when we're doing a captain's run and you're just mind-boggled, like, what are we up to here? Wow. <laughs> was it? Uh, you don't have to tell me how much, but was it good money? Was it worth doing? Did the yeah, Russians yeah. pay you well? Yeah, or, or when we did get paid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. No, that was the enticement really of it all, um, to be honest. Um, it was reasonably easy. Uh, easy no, well, it was hard rugby, but, you know, um, you know, it was, it was preservation of the body as such. There was probably only four good teams there and, and the rest you could kind of cruise away, around with. But, um, yeah, they just didn't really know how to play rugby. Amazing athletes. Yeah. Um, but kind of, you know, big bodybuilders just running it straight, T-boning and... Yeah. And smashing vodka at the aftermath. Yeah, and hitting themselves in the head before games and whatnot. <laughs> Probably at the halftime as well, Staff TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, w- walked into some interesting stuff in the gym, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, um, didn't Marty Banks say that Krasniask was the uh, modelling capital of Russia or something? Like, Is that how the city's... Is that true? Uh, was that what they thought of themselves? There's a, I think there's a three-to-one ratio over there of women to, to males and... No, they're, they're not shy to wear heels even in supermarkets. So, yeah, <laughs> they all want their ticket out. Eh? I remember a great story. Yeah. Gareth Patterson, the um, he was on the European tour, and the European tour went, took a game to Russia, and he said on the final day, on the 18th hole, all of these Russian unbelievably good-looking women are lining the fairways in stilettos and cocktail dresses, just waving to all the professional golfers as they're walking down. They just all wanted out of Russia. Wow. Does that sound feasible, Craig? Yeah, 100%. You only got to do the ratio of the New Zealand boys over there. <laughs> Just six of us there, and three came back with Russians. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, lads. Uh, <laughs> were you were you there? Were you were you there around the same time as Marty? No, nah, it was about a year or two after. Oh, to be he, fair, because he told that story about the Russian wedding as well, Steph. I don't know if you ever heard that one about that he along to a Russian wedding, no. and it was like. The cars, there's no lanes right in Russia. Like they, it's just a general rule to like be on the left if another car's coming. Oh, they drive chaotic. at like a hundred yeah. plus k's, no matter where they are. Yeah. And then they have this wedding, which was like three weddings at ru- once in one building, and they all just rotate through the rooms. <laughs> so you go from like here's where the reception is, here's where the gifts are, here's where you know drink, here's photo, and they just rotate the weddings through these rooms. <laughs> We, we actually culture. got invited one of the players over there for a wedding, and it was, you know, the they had uh, vodka bottles with pictures of the couple on it, and uh, <laughs> diff- different musical band <laughs> people playing. I don't, yeah, it was, and even the fireworks at the end, it was top. It was kind of like New Year's uh, fireworks. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, if you, so much, so much money. I, I, I'd hate to imagine how much they poured into it. If, if, it's a pretty if, amazing experience. If you though. had a, like a, I don't know, twenty-four year old who's been offered a contract to go and play in Russia, and they contacted you and said, "Craig, you know, you played in Russia, and I've been offered a contract to go over for two or three years. What would your advice be to them, having been through it yourself?" Um, be open-minded, <laughs> <laughs> patient. <laughs> Um, and yeah, just enjoy the experience. I, I, I actually have had a few people 
contact me about it and, and I've said you know much what I said earlier it was uh, in terms of me growing up it was an awesome opportunity um, the, they're not the friendliest people in the world you know you open a open a door for a old lady to go through and she wouldn't even say thank you and you line up to go uh, board a plane at the airport and it's just a free-for-all mm. you know it's just, uh, it's just the different way they way. are you're just you're just a different world did really. you play golf or what did you do socially over there because i just don't know much about it nah nah so we actually we actually they did train us reasonably hard we had to kind of get into the um i guess mentality that you know, you can have a day off during the week just to freshen up for a game. I remember we um, we first kind of talked the coach around to that, had a day off, and then the next day he just thrashed us with fitness, and we were like, oh, <laughs> what's the point of that? <laughs> and you came back to New Zealand and you wound up your career with Whanganui, which, um, you know, you, so you've played all around the world and you've ended up in Heartland and Whanganui. What did you enjoy about the Heartland rugby? I think um, I... I, I enjoyed it because I started off with Man Two when they were in the second division as a young fella, mm. and um, you know I was back then. It was as much the same as Harlan. It's you know Tuesday, Thursday training, and you have a beer with your mates after training, and and obviously a few beers after the game. And you know I, I started off my career like that, and it was for me it was just a great way to end that way too, just to full circle. And that's that's partly why I play is you know play with your mates and have a few beers afterwards, and you know. Just, Chew the fat and have a few yarns, and <laughs> yeah, you did it for a long time, mate. Yeah, yeah, I, I did, I did, I did have a bit of a break with the broken leg in between. That was a good couple of years off, but um, no, nah, I, I just loved it, and yeah, obviously my my my, um, my dad and um, his brother are, are true blue men or two rugby Legends. people, and so um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's partly why. I kind so of which kept one going was your dad? Uh, Denny, Denny, Denny the hooker, yeah. And Terry was the prop. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, it was yeah, partly because of that and obviously, um, yeah, just love getting out there, doing it. And you finished rugby, but you've, you've settled in Wanganui. Yes, yes, settled. Yep. When, when I was a young fella, Wanganui was known as the city of sin and you, <laughs> the, the, there was a pub over there on a Tuesday night. It was car keys in the middle and away you go, happy days. <laughs> it's probably changed a lot though. Tell us about life in Wanganui for a man that's been in Russia and Japan and Dunedin and all over the place and now you settled Wanganui. Uh, a little bit more quieter, but um, no, nah, I mean, actually um, I was previously in the Bay of Plenty prior to moving to Wanganui and people thought I was nuts moving there but I've been pleasantly surprised and I mean uh, all, all the people were great um, I've played with a lot of team members there that I've become really good friends with and no nah, it's yeah I've really enjoyed it to be honest and I think Wanganui as a whole is improving mm. a great place to live yeah um, someone just said Mark while you're in Palmy can you please push for some international sport here there's been no rugby cricket soccer league nothing nothing Bring okay. back the Telecom Sevens. Bring back, yeah, <laughs> the Telecom Sevens, yeah, at the showgrounds. Or um, we were talking about Top Town the other day, used to be here as well. Yeah. Uh, we have the team's champs, stock car fan. No, no, no. But my uh, boy uh, has been to one and he won't stop talking about it. So I guess I'll be talk- <laughs> turning up to one. <laughs> yeah, good times. All right, so your cricketing pedigree. Uh, you've got quite a good cricketing pedigree as well. Yeah, I don't know about that. I chucked it in pretty early to have a crack at rugby. But um, no, I, I did experience a, a tick a few things off, I guess, before I had a crack at rugby, which was which was awesome. 
What's your specialty out there today? What are we, have you got? A, have you got a flipper, a scooter, oh, a spinner? I can't bowl to save myself, to be honest. I never could. But um, well, I don't know. You're going to bat. I'll be, I'll, I'll be doing myself to hold the hold, hold one in, maybe. Get out there and hold one in. <laughs> All right, mate. It's looking good, though, isn't it? It's um, looking absolutely magnificent out here. I wish um, it's the one time I wish people could see that the the field's in good. Have you had a walk out onto the field? Yeah, I had a look earlier, eh? The pitcher's looking bloody good. Um, still hard and... I'd say it might turn a little bit. Oh, here we go. Oh, well, a bit of analysis. <laughs> That's what we like to see. Which hey. is kind of good because I don't think either team have any um, seamers to be to be on us. So, um, yeah. yeah. J- Jacob Oren was a late. Uh, he would have loved bowling on here against uh, you, bloke. So I think Melanie would have liked it more. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, Craig, awesome to catch up with you, mate. Uh, enjoy the day out there. I can't wait to see you guys. Rolling your arms over, having a few laughs, and then, of course, the, the compulsory couple of beers afterwards. Oh, definitely, definitely. Nah, thanks heaps, eh? Cheers, mate. Get down, everyone. Get down. Good day. Good day, good day. Afternoons with Staffy back after the break. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, Staff has actually just disappeared for a second. I think he's going to go run down and grab uh, somebody else. Um, if you just joined in, we're, we're live from Fitzherbert Park here in the Barmy Palmy, Palmerston North, and uh, we're here for the slog sweep, thanks to Property Brokers. And we've got a whole bunch of former Palmerston North Boys High alumni who are coming out to play. Think Staff said Team Slog is the cricket team, Team Sweep is sort of the rugby team. And there's some uh, some big names in both teams. Uh, Matthew Sinclair, Ross Taylor is going to make an appearance. Jamie Howe for the cricket team. And then uh, D Bun, Craig Clark. We spoke to Andre Taylor. Sorry, Craig Clear, who we just spoke to. And then Andre Taylor. Um, so lots of... Uh, Lots of high-profile people floating around the uh, Fitzherbert Park scene, and it does look an absolute picture. If you are in Palmy, definitely come down. Come and say hi. We're just up in the uh, scorer's booth. Um, knock on the door, and we might be able to uh, to let you in as well. Some awesome um, yarns from Craig about playing rugby in Russia, Keza, and you uh, you were very intrigued. Throwing his Mate, hands on I, from the booth back in I Auckland. hadn't heard anything like that before. I was uh, I was hearing you talk about Marty Banks, uh, obviously when and played over there, bringing it up. I had never heard any of these stories. I oh, just it you, never crossed my mind that it was a possibility. Mate, if you can go and find like the podcasts from Marty Banks, I know he's done it a few times to just learn about. Yeah, all those Russian stories. It's just phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, I think Steph's actually just walked back in here into his uh, into his radio show. Thanks for joining us, Steph. Look, Good to have you back. Thanks, Sam. I've just uh, he's doing my job. <laughs> just climbed the stairs and um, joined by. Oh, must be one of the highest number of appearances for Central Districts cricket. Um, that's that's sort of my guess. You chuck those on your head, move the mic to your mouth, and now I'll turn it on. Jamie Howe. G'day, g'day. How's it going? It's good, mate. How long since you've played a game in earnest? Well, well, it's a good question. Um, probably. Probably a good eight, eight or nine years, barring one game. Wow. I think, yeah. That long? I don't feel like you've been out of the saddle that long. Well, obviously, because I look so fit, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but you have many, many, many games for Central Districts. A good number for New Zealand as well. Boy, the chicken, uh, the, the cricket, the chicken, I've just had a chicken subway. The, the cricket landscape has changed just in the time since you've been away. Yeah, yeah, and and you watch some of the players these days. You know, Yadav the other night, and some some of the shots. It's it's almost um, good that 
you know, we've stepped away because the, the, the level and the technique and the shots just seem to, you know, take another a level up. Mm. The importance and the um, the spotlight that is now on the T20 game wasn't there when you were playing. It's really become the thing now. Yeah, yeah, and I guess when I was playing it, it you know, it, it certainly was there and growing. Uh, you know, ICL, IPL was starting, and and the international 2020s were were more of an introductory type of to the tour and a bit more fun. But you know, these these days, and you look at the last 2020 World Cup, it it, it seems like it's more of the world game where some of those so-called lesser countries, you know, they they, they are really competing because they they play that format so much, and mm. you know, some of their players are involved in the the world competitions, so. Um, in those different leagues, so yeah, it's, it 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 seems like it's the most exciting to watch on on a number of fronts. You know, from competitive games and you know through to through to the different players coming through and really good really good um, competition as well. And the other thing too is um, obviously when you're a professional cricketer, you play cricket for money, and all the money, most of the money, is now in T Twenty cricket. Um, it's almost rendered the one-day game is, do we really need to play it? Tests for the purists, T20 for the white ball. What's the future of one-day cricket, do you yeah. think? <laughs> this is, I thought this was just a nice, easy chat. These is that not easy? I, 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 thought, I, I thought I've got a cricket brain in here. Let's get into it. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, yeah, that, that's the chat, isn't it? It's, it's um, you know, 2020 seems to be growing, you know, obviously at, at a at a rapid pace and been taking more and more seriously, even on the international stage, just mm. like we said. But um, I, th- I think as well, if, you, if we obviously remember the the last one-day World Cup, people were saying before that that one-day game was, was dead or dying. Mm. And look how exciting and captivating that was. So It's still my favourite form. Yeah, well, it's got a bit of everything, doesn't mm. it? And um, but, but, you know, I, th- I think all of us um, cricket fans, or we, we still really want to see the... The test matches um, still hold really, really, you know, large significance, and you know, you, you, you see the the big nations in particular playing those competitive test series. There's nothing better, but um, yeah, I, I, it just it's just these these challenges fitting it all into the calendar. I think mm. as well, and, and like you say, the, the the money factor and and you know how how players uh, can can look at their careers and and carve off you know those test match players you know um how, how we can keep those guys in the games and not chasing those 2020 leagues around the yeah i was uh, i was um i did a count up the other day actually because um, there's a lot of talk about kane williamson t20 is he the right type of player no questioning his credentials but i looked and new zealand had played 44 games this year so um, that doesn't count T20 or any of the leagues or any of the, but 44 games, 10 had been rained out. Some of those games are test matches, which are five days as well. There is so much cricket. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it, they are professionals, and, and, but, you know, it's, it's the touring staff as well. It's, 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 it takes a lot, and, and these guys have got young families or are about to have young families. It's a, it's a big sacrifice, but, mm. hey, they're, they're, they're well rewarded, you know, but... Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just what's sustainable. You know, what's sustainable for the players, what's sustainable for the public, and 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 how they how they can sort of keep those 
three formats going, if, if that's sustainable, that's a big question. Mm. You know? The fact that there was a T20 World Cup and that finished and three days later we're playing India in a T20 game in New Zealand. I just, God, for God's sake, let me breathe. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a couple of things about Ross Taylor. Um, he is universally loved. He has had a spectacularly long career. He hasn't, he's retired from internationals. He's playing for CD yesterday. He's flying up. He hasn't quite got here yet. He's not far away from joining us um, at Fitzherbert Park, though. What, you know, as a former international cricketer and a high-level cricketer yourself, what are Ross Taylor's qualities that you see? You've played with him, against him. What's his special qualities? Yeah, it's, it's I, I think, um, you know, he, his career is, you know, you look at the stats and, and I think he's still probably... Um, and it sounds strange, probably underrated how how good he has been. Um, but and I think we'll, I think we'll really probably appreciate his skills more so now that we don't have him. You know, particularly in that in that middle order in the test matches uh, and, and one day is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think when you know thinking about Ross and watching him play during his career, he 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 didn't often have ups and downs. Well, really from the outside, but. But but his his resilience uh, really to me is in, in, in assurance or self belief was was something that only the best players have. Um, you know we all we all miss out one or two games, but he's 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 been able to maintain that level of consistency. Plus also be able to bounce back when he needed to in those really key moments. And he's had you know you know reading through his book as well. But he's he's had a lot of lot of lot of challenges throughout his career. But he's but he's been able to maintain that um, th- those performances and that level of, of skill throughout such a long period of time the game is, is it's a really hard game mm. and for him to, to maintain those numbers for him to maintain those performances it, it takes a really strong character and um, you know his, his network or his, his sort of team around him you know uh, has, has a lot you know of, of credit because um, Hogan obviously playing a big big role in that to, to push him and to, to keep motivating him and, and to keep um, you know going into bat for him you know off off the field I think you know his his resilience has, has really sort of helped him throughout his career I think during those tough times and, and being able to play at such a high level. Has Jamie Howe got any involvement in cricket anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, proud to be on the Manor Two Cricket Board. Um, nice been on there for a, for a while now for a good six or, or so years um, and, and in the Manawa too we're, we're, we're proud to be doing really well here our cricket playing numbers are, are, are really are really well almost bucking the trend you know it's, it is a challenge to keep keep growing numbers but but we, we, we are and with a particular focus on the girls and women's um, cricket as well so really promising signs here in the Manawa too with, with cricket our facilities out here um, you know, a little bit windy today, but um, that keeps the rain away. But um, but yeah, it's 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 really taken a step up, and we've got a, a good a good season of first class cricket here as well. Um, we've got a few games here at Fitzherbert Park, and and yeah, cricket's really strong in the region, and it's nice to be playing only a small part in that. You know, we've got a good staff here at Manawatu Cricket, so um, yeah, and, and and being being at the I'd like to think at the central part of central districts um, where we're doing our part to continue the, the growth of cricket in New Zealand. And what do you do nine to five? Everyone always wants us to know. What do our cricketers <laughs> do now? Yeah, well, um, I was lucky to, probably about eight years when I finished 
I started working at Toyota New Zealand and um, and the the brand manager there at Toyota New Zealand and and so we we it's it, it's it's a really great job and, and role and lucky to be working in, in for such a such a iconic brand in New Zealand um, to be at the centre of that which is which is really cool and we get to work with great uh, partners and sponsors and and you know the the, the likes of Emirates Team New Zealand mm. uh, our Olympics and Paralympics partnerships and. Mm. Really cool to stay sort of involved with sport in that respect, but but also to be to be working in the in the marketing team there. It's um, yeah, it, it is a privilege to be working on such a brand like Toyota. Mm. I, I, drive, I hope the boss is listening. I drive a Toyota. <laughs> I love my Toyota. Um, I fuel it with gold, and I drive my Toyota, and it uh, <laughs> gets me around the country. Hey, Jamie, we have to go to news now. Really appreciate your time, Jamie. How uh, we wish you well out in the middle. We're going to commentate a little bit of the game. We might pick when you're out batting, eh? Oh, well, be in quick. Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Howe joining us. We'll break for new sport and weather back after that. Match live on SENZ or the SENZ app. Download it from the App Store or Google Play. do there's the new magnificent bypass uh, through the Waikato which I utilised yesterday very happily but so we go to Cambridge talk to Brendan Pop well not Cambridge what's your area called Pops we're very close to Cambridge yeah, so it's okay it's not a uh, it's Tamahiti uh, Tamahiti absolutely yeah but um, very close to Cambridge though You'll be very jealous of me in uh, Palmerston North today coming to you live from Fitzhubert Park waiting for the Slog Sweet yes. Cricket Match it's going to be oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is it good to be home? It's, look, just the air's just that little bit cleaner. It comes at you quite swiftly, admittedly, in Palmerston. It's just got that little hint of homeness in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know where you're coming from, Steph. Yeah. No, um, it sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a oh, lot of fun. It's good. The players are all rolling in now and they're downstairs having a bit of subway and uh, the barbecues are starting to be lit. The people are starting to come in, so it's going to be a massive day. I'm up in the scorer's box, actually, in Fatuba Park, and Sam and I sat down, put our headsets on, and I said, let's just commentate the cricket. And so we're going to do a little bit of that. Uh, we'll do a bit of Waddle Coney. Why not? Um, Football World Cup. What happened this morning? Well, what happened this morning is that uh, we've seen Brazil just gain a little bit more momentum in terms of overall uh, very well supported to win uh, the whole thing uh, Brazil and can just say that what we saw there this morning confirmed for a number of punters that they are on the right track with backing Brazil so uh, they're very strong through our overall market and they're now $3.40 favourites to win the Football World Cup England 750 France 750 Spain 750 Argentina 950 uh, the mm. price, of course, after their loss to Saudi Arabia. But it, uh, maybe that's a, that's one price, I will say, that has taken a little bit of interest in the last two days since that's moved to $9.50, just off the back of one game. Surely they can turn it around, and punters have taken a little bit of that 9.50. But, yep, so far, it's all about Brazil. 
So what's next? What's what's the big ones that the punters are lining up, got in their scope for today? Well, they're looking towards uh, the Netherlands and England as, as a multi-option. That, that, that so far is where a lot of the movement has been. We've seen some money around Wales at $2.10. I find that one a real slippery one. Wales to 10 around 375 draw $3.00. Uh, but we've seen some money towards Wales at 210. But the Netherlands, 172 into England, $1.45 is so far the most popular football multi we've got going around. Multi those two up, you get yourselves $2.49. And we've seen a couple of thousand dollar multis at those particular options. In England, uh, we've seen money on correct score $2,000 on England to win 2 1 at 750 and 1000 on England to win 3 1 at $11. Me, oh my. There's money to be made. Mm. Money in them hills, Pops. There <laughs> is, mate. Hey, can we chat about some cricket? I know you're at a very picturesque yes. cricket ground, but of course we've got ourselves a game. Um, it, it, probably not a, a, what you'd call a picturesque cricket ground uh, itself, and that being Eden Park, but it is, there is a game there. And of course it's the Black Caps uh, playing India. Now we have seen um, about 46% of our head-to-head market on the Black Caps uh, currently, they are the favourites just. But we have taken an interesting multi on the Black Caps match where they've got a $12,000 multi, Black Caps to win, and both teams to score 225 runs each into Sri Lanka to beat Afghanistan to return $38,000. So not just a, a straight-out win on the Black Caps, but they've also got to score 225 runs, and so does the opposition. Ooh. Don't mind that. Don't mm. mind that. What's the weather? Oh, you're not in Auckland. I was going to say, is the weather going to play ball up in Auckland today? <laughs> it's a great question, that isn't when we start talking about weather in Auckland. Um, oh, no. so. <laughs> I think if you say, look, it's it's expected to rain in Auckland at some stage today, I think if you said that every day, you'd be right every day. At some stage, <laughs> well, you it rains. are. What I will say, it's very thundery uh, in the Hamilton region uh, the last couple of days. Thunderstorms are coming down from your ways uh, in Auckland. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get some good cricket in. Black Caps, 167 India, $2.10. And I'll just quickly touch on the Thanksgiving NFL match uh, mm. between, of course, the Patriots uh, and the Vikings. We've seen money here on uh, the Vikings. They're very well supported uh, to beat the Patriots. Uh, but we've also taken a bet on each team to score a touchdown and a field goal uh, currently at a quite price of 162 our biggest bet on that has been two thousand dollars so yeah plenty to bet on staff over the next few days brilliant pops thanks for joining us buddy no worries mate enjoy yourself down there cheers mate brendan popper well for tab.co.nz do it uh responsibly be 18 years of age and go to the punters lounge all of those uh bonus busters and um power plays the whole lot that's your first protocol when you go to tab.co.nz. Someone's asked if we're doing the vault today. Are we doing the vault today, Sammy? Uh, yeah, we will. We will do it. Um, obviously, we're a bit of a, uh, a moving beast slash feast at the moment, staff, with um, with Subway, with people coming in here. So, um, we're, But we will do it, 100%. We yep. are going to do and, it. And 250. Oh, that wasn't struck yesterday on my drive 250 big down. ones. Yeah, that's, it's a lot of money to be locked away in the vault, staff. Good for your weekend. $250 TAB bonus bet. Correct.
Oh, geez, yeah. You might get it in 50s, but, you know, you, you, you'll be set there for a couple of weekends for sure. Yes, yes. All right, so we are going to play the vault, and we're just going to have to be um, flexible with timings because we've got a few players that we're going to have a chat to. Uh, they are all definitely going to be here by 2 o'clock. Uh, we think Ross Taylor's going to be here about 2. Um, depending on who bats first, who bowls first, we're not quite sure who we're going to get. So, uh, But the players are all arriving. Uh, it's been so cool so far to catch up with Levi Sherwood. Uh, longer chat with him, which was fascinating. It sounds like he's just started his bike up. Is that what I can hear? That's exactly what you can hear. I think they're all starting their bikes up. The crusty demons over there, Steph. Um, I think we might even see a little practice run because he said he was going to have a practice before they went underway. Bit of wind out there too. Bit of wind out there. Um, so, yeah, we had a good chat with Levi Sherwood, Andre Taylor, former Hurricane, New Zealand Māori player, uh, Craig Clear as well. We've had a chat too. And just then, uh, Jamie Howe. Um, I meant to look up before um, and I'd lost my book. Now I'm going to while, you, while you're looking at that, Steph, um, something that probably everyone does want to know uh, based off the conversation that was had yesterday. Um, reasonable flight in today into Palmy. Um, <laughs> a little bit windy, so a little bit shaky as we came through the clouds. And uh, I was trying my best to keep myself distracted on the uh, on the cell phone, on the Netflix. And look, very sweaty palms, very sweaty legs. Felt very conscious of not making any body contact with the lovely lady sitting next <laughs> to me. Um, because yeah, she would have uh, <laughs> she would have felt the full uh, the full uh, wrath of my uh, of the, my the full sweatage the full sweatage of my plane travelling. And the other question <clears> I did <throat> want to ask you, Steph, is what I will say. Who, if you look at those lineups, just, just throw a couple of names at us. Who do you think is going to top score? And who do you think is going to just? There's going to be some sort of fielding spectacular. I reckon there's going to be a, a catch or a or a save. And I just want to know who you think that comes from and who you, who's your top scorer. Uh, top scorer for cricket's tough. I mean, you'd have to go Ross Taylor because he's playing. Nah, I think he's I, still playing. I think he, he just swings for the fences and yeah. gets it wrong. Jamie Howe said he's had one game of cricket in six or seven years. That screams of a 50 to me. Um, well, we, Matthew Sinclair, debuted double century. True. He's probably the sort of guy that's he still playing club cricket. We'll try and get Skippy up here, actually, to have a bit of a chat. But looking through the rest of them, there's, there's, some, there's some older... There's some older. Tell you a guy, um, we're not going to talk to him today, but Matthew Goodson, he played for CD, and he was at school with one of my good mates, and he was telling me they were on the first uh, Palmy Boys. Have I got time for this? Palmy... Oh, oh. Why don't you take a break and come back and tell All right, him. All right, but can you just quickly tell me who's going um, to... Oh, okay. Fielding Spectacular? The fearing spectacular. I'm talking one-handed catch. Oh, Andre Taylor. Andre Taylor. Done. Unit. Back after. Gull. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford. Kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Sam just said, remember, you've got that story channel. I can't remember. I'll just run downstairs, organised a couple of people for after two, which is pa- good stuff. Something about Palmy Boys? You started with, I felt like it started with Palmy Boys. Back something Because we, we're talking about who's going to top score, who's going to be the star of the field. And you looked at a name, and then I think it reminded you of a story. Mm, it did. I just can't remember what it was. Um, but, yeah, I think Andre Taylor's going to be this. Spe- Interestingly, a bit of an insight on how do people prepare for these things. They're, most of them are down underneath in the pavilion, underneath the grandstand here. Andre Taylor is standing outside, arms crossed, almost trance-like, Sam. Hmm. Almost trance-like, soaking in the atmosphere. Meditating, yeah, just Or building. perhaps watching Levi Sherwood practice his jumps. Probably soaking in the crowd as well. Just yeah. 
getting a feel for the venue. Lot, lot, very windy, very windy, which is going to uh, that'll suit the swing bowlers, staff. It's very um, windy for Aucklanders. Is it not windy for Palmy? This ain't windy. Oh, see, you've put me off because I at the start of the show. I was thinking, Palmy, I could potentially move here. And now it's like, I don't know if I can, if this is what it's like all the time. Like, you know, Windy Wellington yes. doesn't deserve that title if you've lived. I, I lived in Palmy, not all my life, but my growing up, and people say, what are you going to Wellington for? It's so windy. And I said, yeah, no, I've heard. And I went there. After a year, I was like, it's nothing on Palmy. <laughs> what, what, where's it coming from? Is there some hills or something? Is there? Or? It just comes from the west. Yeah, it's just prevailing straight into us, which is what, like, you can see these mosquitoes and stuff on the glass in front of me here. Have they been splattered? They've been it? blown in by the west. Look at that. Look yeah, that. that's <laughs> a full splat. It's like <laughs> a windscreen. Yeah, it is like a windshield, actually. Yeah. Um, we've got some uh, Phoenix tickets to give away, staff. Yes, I've Phoenix heard Phoenix women's game. Uh, two double passes, in fact. The game is at 3 o'clock tomorrow against... Um, I've got Western Phoenix, United. I I've think. got Phoenix United. No, against Western United. Um, we Western gave a couple City. of those away last week, and people took their kids and they loved it. Yeah, I, I, um, if you're in the Wellington area and you want a bit of live sport this weekend, and or maybe you want to take your kids along, your daughter in particular, to the Wellington Women's. Um, when they had that, that was the first home game they've had at Wellington for a women's game, I think it was last week or the week before, and it was a really good crowd and a really mm. good atmosphere, and you know, I think they lost 4 or 5-1, um, but everyone, everyone loved it. So Take if, your kids. Take your kids. I reckon it'd be a good day out. So if you're keen, what should we do? Just double eight double three temper bed post text machine. Just say... And just go, nix me up, what, No, no, why don't you just go, keen. Keen, yes. <laughs> just go keen, keen. to double eight double three. I like that. Oh, and uh, put your email address as well, apparently. Oh, yeah, yep. keen with your email address. Yeah, keen email address. And then um, yeah, yep, two, two double passes we've got to give away. Yes, we've got um, in the next half hour, we're going to talk to Gary Hermanson, who's a sports uh, psychologist, sports mental skills coach, a guru. And we're also going to talk to Dean Budd, former Italian rugby captain. He's back in New Zealand now. And boy, have they caused some damage this year. So a bit of sports psychology, a bit of Italian rugby, a bit of world rugby, what he is taking in. And after this break, still can't remember what the story was, but after this break, uh, got lots of text messages in in the first couple of hours. We'll get through some of those. Fantastic. And we just got our first text message in saying Keen. So send in Keen if you want. Double pass to the Phoenix ladies. And that is thanks to Oppo. Great supporters of the Phoenix. Great supporters of SNZ. Thank you to Oppo for these double passes. Text them in now. The afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, text here from Liam B. Say, Staffy, good to meet you at SENZ HQ. He was doing our sound and vision with our little function there. Good to meet you too, bud. Um, he agrees there is far too much cricket on sometimes. Oversaturation of T20 makes the games almost meaningless unless it's a World Cup. I barely cared about the India T20 series that's just been, which feels strange to say, as India should always be a big deal. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, hi, lads. Wondering if you've read the Ross Taylor book, Black and White. Good read. Some revealing insights. Have you watched it, Sam? Have you read, uh, sorry, read the um, Ross Taylor book? I haven't actually, no, but I am keen to because um, I always like bi- autobiographies or biographies that actually give you like good meat yeah you know out of some sorts of, and some of them you look at and you go i mean okay can i be slightly disrespectful here go on don't take it away from this man at all but i'm not that interested in reading ben smith's 
autobiography because I feel like it's going to be pretty bland step. But see, with Roscoe, obviously, because of all the captaincy stuff, um, but then when you saw the snippets coming out, it, it does look quite revealing. So I am keen to read it. It's mm. on my list. Um, yeah, take that re- recommendation on board. We will take... Um some of the texts that came in that first hour, we're talking about great people that you went to school with who went on to great things, and then we just got flooded with guests. So I have still got <clears throat> your text messages. I'm going to share them with you. Hey, lads, White Crockett was at school most of my time there until he moved for his seventh form year. Simon Mannering was briefly there when I was too. In more recent times, it's produced Havili, Jordan, and Fighting Anuku too. Of course, that was the kingdom of Nelson College. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Zaid, here. Weather in Auckland, it's currently 19 and clear 14 tonight no rain forecast the mostly cloudy and clear skies tonight for the cricket come on the black caps we'll keep you up to date with that as well new sport and weather will come back Gary Hermanson and Dean Budd in the next half hour it's going to be a good time Gull fueling your mission pop into your local for some good value fuel Gull.nz get ready for a workday pick me up this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ Afternoons with Staffy. <clears throat> Thank you for Gull. Gull.nz, fill your mission all year round. Go to Gull.nz, register, and they will let you know when their economical fuel, already economical fuel, is on special. Looks like the officials are making their way out into the middle of Fitzherbert Park. Well, they've got official-looking clothes on, and there's a couple of hangers-on as well. There's even an official photographer out there. It might be the coin toss, maybe. I don't know. Um... But uh, we will bring you some of the action from uh, 2.30 as well. But we've had great catch-ups with some of the people that are involved in the slog sweep. It's um, a lot of former, well, they're all former Manawatu representative, Palms North Boys High uh, representatives, and a big thanks to Property Brokers for helping get us here. They are your local experts in real estate. Our property brokers do get in touch with them. Joining me now is a man very experienced in the sporting world, um, been to five Olympic Games, five Commonwealth Games, is the official team sports psychologist. I always feel nervous when I talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, Gary Hermanson, because I think you'll find out my weaknesses. It's almost like a mind reader. Uh, well, it would seem that way, but it's probably for many people, it'd be pretty obvious to see what the weaknesses are anyway. So <laughs> let's, let's get beyond that, shall we? <laughs> yeah, we shall get beyond that. Um, what... What God, there's so many things I want to ask you. What are, the, what are the main things that you address, maybe with someone that you're working with for the first time? I mean, we see a lot of youngsters. I'm thinking about our snow sports athletes, Levi Sherwood, who we spoke to earlier today, Ross Taylor. They can reach the top very, very young. What are the biggest challenges for those type of athletes? Well, I think the challenges, in fact, for, through sport altogether, is being able to manage anxiety because as you're getting further up into the, the higher levels, um, the expectations that get upon you, the consequences of what you do uh, generate a degree of anxiety and it's the ability to to use that anxiety constructively makes a difference and what can often happen is that anxiety can overwhelm the athlete and they get into that what we you know fight flight freeze reaction so the real part is that some people seem to be able to manage that naturally whereas for others it's the need to do some work on that to be able to not get overwhelmed by it so for me the 
probably the single biggest work I do with regard to performance and well-being is just being able to hear what people uh, say about their experience of anxiety and how they manage it, really. So we only go to the GP when we're sick. Do people only go to sports psychologists when their form's slumping? <laughs> they they used to. Um, my first Commonwealth Games, you know, uh, in Kuala Lumpur now, um, athletes would see me coming down the street and would walk the other side of the road. Uh, or if I went and sat beside them in the dining room, they'd eat quickly and get up and leave because they didn't want to be seen in my company. It was almost like, oh, that means I've got problems. But through over the years, so we're now, what, that's, uh, gee, 20-something uh, years ago, um, over the years now, through academies and through um, opportunities, athletes now see this as being a part of development, not a part of problems. And so now many athletes, most athletes, Athletes, and, and they're also quite comfortable with it. I mean, Ross, for example, who I still have some, some contact with a lot, has been able to, to encourage other young athletes to work in this area as well. Um, and a lot of people, you know, when I think back to my own playing days, both in rugby and cricket, I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, and a lot of older people sort of say, oh, I never needed a sports psychologist. So, what? you know, I was talking with Dermot Payton, who's a pretty well-known uh, CD player the other day, and a good farmer who said, what, what do you guys do? I never needed a psychologist. And I said, oh, let's just talk about it. Shall we? So we had a chat. But a little bit of that happens. So what, what brought you to this work? Was it something that you felt was needed? Were you always a good listener, a compassionate and an empathiser? What led you to it? Well, it was a little bit of one of those fortuitous moments, really, because I left high school having seen sport as my main life experience, went into an office job, and then a guy in Palmerston North called Mervyn Hancock, who was a child welfare officer, who I got to know quite you know, accidentally, really, rang me one day and said, look, I think you'd make a good social worker. How about kind of coming and talk with me? So I got a job in social work at a pretty young age, which led on to university, took me down to Wellington, played rugby for Wellington uh, quite a bit. And um, then when I went uh, taught at Massey here in the university in counselling, the two pieces came together, that counselling background, that you know, somebody seeing you and thinking about your character. Um, but then my own sporting background came together and I happened to be at the right place at the right time when sports psychology began in New Zealand around 1990. And that just led on for me from there, really. Is, is the New Zealand athlete a bit like, um, you know, you go into the supermarket and there's a whole array of fruit and vegetables that are all very different. And you looking after the athletes, it's like a supermarket of personalities are all so different. Yes, indeed. I mean, Matthew Sinclair, who's playing today, is a wonderful cricketer and a distinct personality. <laughs> if you look at some, a lot of people kind of see Matthew and kind of think, okay, he's, he's quirky, but he's, he's a lovely guy. Um, but then other people are a bit more laid back. You know, Jamie Howe is kind of relaxed and calm and and has a good sense of humour and whatever. So when you see them, they have their different personalities, but, but there's something quite, you know, they respond to the challenges differently, but deep down there's a commonality in that space as well. Mm. You know, each of them have to go out there and put themselves on the line and manage the pressure. So there is the similarity which you can begin to work with. Because I'm thinking about, I was trying to think just while you were speaking, then two, two cricketers who are polar opposites who have the same job. So I'm going to go Steve Smith, Kane Williamson. You probably couldn't get two more different <laughs> creatures who are trying to do the same thing. Indeed, yeah. That's quite different in terms of personality, style and whatever. And I think from, you know, I mean, obviously if you're working with them, it's the way you connect with them, which is the which is the key point. You know, I mean, I'm sure that it's not like everyone I work with necessarily, you know, connects with you that way too. But part of the work is being able to establish a relationship because 
once the relationship has been established and trust there, then they share much more about who they are and what they do, and that provides the basis to work with them as as to who they are rather than imposing some formula on top of them from there. And that's what makes the work I do and have been involved in quite kind of stimulating and encouraging and there's a bit of a challenge but also people you see of different shapes and sizes and um, when it comes down to it that's what makes it such a, a wonderful place to be really mm. and I guess every you know every trophy needs a different kind of polish so every every athlete needs um, a different approach from you so in a roundabout way I want to ask you some athletes and I don't want to encroach on um, mm-hmm. patient Sure. Administrator appropriately, but who's needed the least work? Like who's got it sorted that you're just going, uh, "Wow, you've got your stuff organised yeah. here to do this." Well, it's interesting because um, they all they all get their challenges. I mean, Rob Waddell probably was the athlete who, to me, and who a lot of people would see as being, you know, well, kind of uh, steady, stable, competitive, did so well in that space as well. And, and I can say this because Rob and I talked about it in public space as well. But at the Sydney Olympics, um, Rob, who was a dead set certainty to win a gold medal on everyone's radar, um, quite by chance, actually, his wife, Sonia, who was at the Games as well, she caught me one day and said, I'm a bit worried about Rob. He's, you know, he's not sleeping too well, whatever. And then we, we talked together and, and it was a perfect example of someone who was so expected to win that everyone assumed he was was dealing with it well, and we talked together and sorted out some things that were that he saw as being challenging, but also he saw as a solution. And you know, basically, what we came up with and what he came up with in his own discussion was, if I keep my head inside the boat, then I'll be okay. I know what goes on inside the boat. The problem is in the lead up, everyone's dragging my head outside the boat. Mm. It's to do with you know how you'll win this medal, what'll happen, and so the target for him became head inside the boat, and he manage that it was you know still nervous and that but for him it was that ability to to give himself the chance to do what he was skilled at doing anyway but in the environment of the games it, he was getting drawn each way by people who wanted to see it uh, as being dead set certainty outcome mm. so. would it be fair to say that um, mental skills as one of the tools in your toolbox has different importance for different sports or different importance for different athletes? I think it's difficult in particular for um, sports where outcomes are so obvious, Like, and cricket's a perfect case of that, where um, everything you're doing is governed by something which shows up on the scoreboard. Um, in my own, I mean, I, I played cricket and I've, I found cricket a challenging sport from that point of view because I found myself um, more nervous at cricket than I was when I was in rugby. And part of the reason is in rugby, you're part of a team unit and you can do things. You have your moments where you're under pressure um, and you can have moments where you can draw from the benefit of the people around you. But cricket as a sport is that curious mixture of being, a, a, it's either a team sport played by individuals or an individual sport played within a team. And, and I think that that's why it's challenging. So those sports like um, cricket, um, uh, archery, for example, or rifle shooting, whatever, where what you do right now is immediately has an impact on what you have to do next. And golf, of course, is the ultimate of that, where every shot you play, you know, you get, you're determined to do well today and you play a terrible nine holes and you give up on it and you have a brilliant nine holes coming home, or the reverse, where you have a terrible nine first nine, and then the second home is, is great because you're, you're relaxed with it. But those sports are much more difficult where the, the, the outcomes, the, the scores are so immediately obvious.
Yeah, that's amazing you say that because you can say, like, there'll be a game of cricket tonight and I can wake up in the morning or get home late tonight and I'll just go, you know, I wonder how Jimmy Neesham went. And we go on the scoreboard, oh, he got nine runs and none for 24. He had a bad game. But if I'm watching a game, if there's been a game of rugby, they're not marked like Mm. that, aren't they? That's right. It's so accountable cricket. Yeah, you ask a cricketer how they went on the weekend, they'll tell you how many runs they made or how many, how many, uh, how few runs they made or how many wickets they got or how many catches they dropped uh, because that's what you immediately say. But when I often work with people I, I've been working with, I say, so how'd you go on the weekend? And they give me a score. And I say, no, 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 how that's did you go? Great. Tell me about the, the, the innings. What? How did you manage the initial stages? How did you stay there? What happened when you went out? What do you learn from that? And I think that's the part that you have to, the scores tend to define you, but it's really, you define more by how the process of what you do out there. And that's what, what's the tough part. Mm. You must be so pleased that the work that you do now is uh, much more, inverted commas, socially acceptable. Well, it is. It's, it's, it's nice to be able to work with people and have people approach you and want to talk about that rather than having to, to find these subtle ways to connect with people mm. and build something to work from from there. Well, Gary, wonderful career. You're still giving, uh, still helping youngsters and oldsters and the, and the whole shebang. Lovely to chat to you today. Great. Thanks very much indeed. Gary Herbertson there. We'll take a quick break. Dean Budd, former Italian rugby captain. Yes, that's right. And they've started winning. I think it's all because of him. We'll find out if that's true right after the break. And it's a big thank you to Property Brokers for helping me and Sammy get down here. And Paul, of course, our wonderful tech who's set up all the sounds for us. Um, We're getting close to the first delivery in the slog sweep cricket versus rugby or should I say ability versus inability, and uh, one of the big inability rugby players <laughs> 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 who's been roped into place of cricket, Dean Budd joins us. G'day, Dean. Hey, mate. How you doing? Good, good. <laughs> um, long time away from New Zealand. We'll talk about cricket a little bit, but um, the rugby's the subject I want to talk to you about. Uh, former captain of the Italian national rugby team. What took you to Italy at such a young age? Um, opportunity. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, I felt like the door had closed a little bit for me here in New Zealand, and so yeah, through through a little bypass in, in Japan on the way, I uh, a guy that I played there sold me the dream of uh, Italy being the place to be, and it told me all the good stories. So uh, he made it happen for me. You did play for obviously uh, the Bud names very well known up in Northland. You also played for Auckland. I think you had a dart with the Blues as well. Yeah, yeah, did did a season there, and that was probably why I left. I didn't <laughs> didn't make it next time around, and uh, and uh, as a angry young twenty three year old, thought I knew better, and a knee jerk reaction to get the hell out. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty happy with that decision now, but I certainly questioned it over time. <laughs> <laughs> so Italy, um, I know you played for Treviso. How many clubs did you play for in Italy? Just the one, just yeah, one. the only one that paid really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, half the other boys, I'd heard some stories before going of uh, not getting paid and burning cars and fields as, as their payback before they flew out. And um, yeah, there's there's some pretty good stories over there. Of uh, we we even had it ourselves when we were halfway through a bad season, and the director of sport came in and told us that we were all our pay was being cut by thirty percent, and that was the way it is. So no discussion. No discussion. It meant we didn't train for two days, and then we did get paid in full, and we all <laughs> trained again. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it can be. A bit, a bit of the wild west sometimes over there. They're passionate people, aren't they? Italian? Are they passionate about everything? Absolutely. You can. I my first year, I feel like I'm pretty sure a guy wanted to clean me up for putting some ketchup on my pizza one night out for dinner. So, um, yeah, it's not just rugby. It's, it's. I mean, shit, even more so. It's food, isn't it? They live and breathe it. Yeah. Is the pasta and pizza way better over there? 
Have yeah. we got no idea? No idea. Yeah, I, I would never have eaten, oh, maybe it was my mum's cooking, but a spaghetti bolognese here, but to go over there, I'd, it would be something I'd crave, and it was just insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a few Kiwis have done it over there. I'm, I'm just thinking of the ones I know. Uh, Jaden Haywood obviously played for Italy. I think Luke Marnie was unlucky. He was the hooker over there, but yeah. they had good Italian hookers. So they always pick an Italian first, but if they're not quite up to it, they'll, they'll chuck a Kiwi or an Aussie in. Yeah, yeah. We, um, Hame Faiva was another one who's recently uh, the same role, hooker and, and yeah, Jaden was my roomie for a majority of my time with Italy, and mm. yeah, we shared some pretty good stories and times together. And <laughs> captain of Italy for a non-Italian, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I was I was pretty proud, and, and still am very proud of that. Um, yeah, when you leave New Zealand, you kind of wonder what you're doing sometimes, and to to have made it to that level for another country uh, was pretty special to me. Yeah, that's a real acceptance, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it very happens very often, and I would be lying if I said I had the full support of everyone um, with that decision. It's certainly related to passion. I think I lost a few of the players by being captain that were my friends before and were mm. happy to be involved, and we did everything together, and then it, they found out I was captain one week, and it was, uh, oh, well, you're not my mate anymore, and wow. I won't, won't talk to you. <laughs> and that's the passionate bit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Whether it's they thought it should have been them or they feel it should be Italian, and and I completely agree with some of that. There's there is there's huge self pride in a nation full of pride. You you want an Italian leading that, and and yeah, I mean, I'm happy as to have have done it and achieved mm. it, and wouldn't take it back. Big result a couple of weeks ago, eh? Yeah, huge. I. I even got so cocky that I bet on them to beat South Africa for, for three in a row and, and they got 60 points put on them. Um, but yeah, to clean up Australia like that, I mean, Australia had the chance, but I, I think there's been many times in the past where Italy's left themselves with the position to win it and, and not being able to do it. So a um, bit of luck at the end, but there was 80 minutes before that of good rugby from them and it's yeah super, super cool to see. Italy for a long, long time have... They've been three quarters of the way up the ladder, but it's almost like they're afraid of heights and just can't take, quite take those steps to be back. We are actually here week in, week out, week in, week out. What needs to happen? I relate it to the All Blacks being beatable now. It's that psychological aspect of the game. So forever the All Blacks always won because you deep down everyone knew the All Blacks were going to win. Ireland massively smashed that hoodoo out the park when they beat them, and then we saw a few... Few, few kind of victories, and I even feel like I heard some teams saying, some players in interviews, the All Blacks are beatable now. And we had the same thing with Italy that we haven't got over yet. We we see in England, we see a All Blacks, we see a Tier 1 nation, and it's there's just that bit where, hey, we'll be happy to walk off the field and think we did well. Got um, two tries? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's great. You'll be fans will love it too. But uh, it's just you've, there's that safety blanket of you not needing to win because the expectation of winning isn't there yet. So until that mindset can change to know that you can beat teams and you should be expected to beat teams, it'll be difficult to be consistent every week. Mm. So COVID brought you back to New Zealand. What have you been up to? Work in Bailey's, uh, Bailey's Auckland on the commercial side there. So any listeners out there that uh, <laughs> got any commercial buildings or uh, needs, I'm your man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a, I mean, everyone talks about how difficult a transition is. Um, and it uh, has been all of that. I was naive to think that I knew better and could do better than everybody else. And it's it's been uh, effing difficult, yeah. for, for lack of a better term. I yeah. don't know if we're allowed to swear on the radio. Probably but, <laughs> not. Although um, Beaver did yesterday. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it week in, week out. <laughs> 
Um, mate, so you've, you've been out. I can see your team going out. You've actually got to go out and field very shortly. So last question. You've watched the All Blacks since you've been back the last couple of years. A lot of criticism, a lot of being held to account, a lot of um, disenfranchised fans that are usually on the bag when lots of head scratching. What have you made of them, particularly this last 12 months? I focus on the other side. I'm just, after my time in Europe, seeing England's, uh, Ireland's, Wales, all of the development that those countries have, have, have had and done, I believe they're just way better now. Not sorry, not not better per se always than the All Blacks, but they're a better nation, and that that level of expectance of fans where All Blacks should always win just doesn't exist anymore. Absolutely, they're lacking consistency and in, in their week in week out performance. But that comes from being put under pressure, and and they haven't had quite had that pressure from other nations for quite some time. I think so. I kind of look at it the other side of the coin that everyone's getting better, and not that we're somehow getting bad all of a sudden. Mm. Don't want to stitch you up, but it's a question everyone's talking about. Six, seven, and eight, the All Blacks, Jersey, six, seven, and eight, All Black, uh, World Cup final next week. All, everyone's fit, everyone's available. What's your six, seven, eight? Papali'i, uh, Saadi at eight, and probably Fritzel at, at six. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mate, your team's out there. I have to let you go. They, I'm sure they need me. <laughs> Dean They're Bud. looking lost, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Dean Bud, former um, Italian captain. Uh, yes, the, who's, who's opening the batting for cricket? Can we tell who those guys are? A couple of oh. o- overweight plonkers. <laughs> Jamie Howe and Andrew Burley. There we are. Big D. We've got the official scorer. This guy scored test match. He's, he's my neighbour for this game. So uh, the first ball's upcoming. Thanks so much, Dean. We'll let let me, you go I'll down. go steam in from the boundary. Go on, boy. Go <laughs> on, boy. Uh, Dean Bud there will let him uh, vacate the premises. Um, yeah, interesting, eh? Like, when, when you hear someone who's, like, rugby's their, their career, rugby's their life, and um, you almost got the sense there that when I said, what do you make of the All Blacks? He said, I always look at the other sides. You always look at... England and Ireland and um, played for Italy as recently as two years ago and captured them. What a what a mark of respect and a, and a mark of the ability of the men. Yeah, I um, I feel like I just need a break from the All Blacks at the moment, Steph, in terms of, you know, what I think of the season because I've just been stewing over so many different points and storylines and foster and players <laughs> and selections and the opposition. And it's like, I think I just need a summer to think about it. You know, mm, to see mm. on it, and then Super Rugby will come around, and we'll have all these debates again. But um, not that I'm saying it feels tired, but I just feel like you've got the anti-Foster camp, you've got the their building camp, you've got the wait until the World Cup camp, you've got like that the Dean Buds, you've got the the World's Caught Up camp, and so mm. um, wait and see. But man, he's he's awesome, Steph. I don't, don't know much about him at all. I'm not familiar with him, but um, we've got to get him on more often. I, I reckon. Know, he's a yeah, great former champ, Italian, and then we just introduced him as the former Italian captain. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, I didn't realise he was even back till I saw the programme today. Mm. Um, so opening the batting for Slog is Merles. <clears throat> That's the nickname. Andrew Murley, a uh, bit of his background. Uh, Central District's under 70. Oh, and here come all the school kids, Steph. School's out early, is it? Palmy, on a Wednesday. Palmy boys. Hey, That's Palmy boys. End, on a Wednesday, on a, on a Friday, sorry. Do they end, end early on a Friday? Yeah, glide time on a Friday. Ah, oh, sure, yeah. A couple of free periods in the afternoon. First ball. Pitched up. Oh, God, so it's good now. Got, it's good now. We've got cricket on in front of us, Steph. <laughs> I'll just finish off with Andrew Miller. Thirty matches for Manawatu, high score of seventy-four. Had eleven matches for Hawks Bay. 
405 runs at 33. So not a, not a storied cricket career, but he was a handy schoolboy cricketer, and uh, he is he is facing Big D. Who's the bowler? Ooh. Roland Bidenhorst. Now, there's the name I wasn't... Uh, oh, Roald Bidenhorst, yes. He was... Um, in 2005, he came first in the 80-metre hurdles, Sam. Second in the pentathlon. What was his time in the 80 metres? Um, I always like to know times. It didn't say, actually. Sorry. Because, you know, like you, you do track and field all through high school, and all you do is compare yourself to times, because mm. that never changes. Oh, 48 he's, games for my number two cricket. So he's nearly taken a run before he's hit the ball. So we'll just have a little look, a little glimpse at uh, this. We'll just do the next couple of balls. Just looking at the field crowd, certainly coming in. Boys high boys on the uh, Western Embankment. Um, Bardenhorst uh, comes in. Ron Snowden bowls uh, outside off something. He's dragged it across to the offside and just took it at three mid-wicket for a comfortable single. So he's bowling. He's got a square leg, a mid-on. Um, sort of a wide sort of gully, I guess you would call him. We've got a point, we've got a third man, uh, we've got two in the covers, mid-off. No one really back on the boundary except for fine leg, and, and I guess you could say third man is three-quarters of the way to boundary. So Where's, uh, uh, where's um, our man Taylor fielding? Because you suspect that's where the screaming catch is going to come from. Where is he positioned? I will find Andre Taylor. It's a beautiful leave. Believe in the leave. Andre Taylor... Is he playing? Is he playing uh, mid off? He's one of the younger, fitter ones. I'm thinking that that probably is mid on. Anyway, we'll we'll sort that out. We'll take a break. New sport and weather, and we will return. <laughs> Had a very early wicket. Yeah, big uh, big slog down to uh, long on. I think it was, and uh, just well held up in the wind here. Staff um, did a great job of uh, of taking it in. So one for one. What it has done is brought uh, Matthew Skippy Sinclair in and as comfortable as you like, the first ball he faces just just leans on it down to uh, long, long on, but just trots through for a single. And it's Sinclair and Howe now in the middle, and this is the partnership that they will be looking for. We need to um, we need a little list of the positions, of the fielding positions, because there's a million of them, and you like, I'm not well-versed in them. I can Staff, do positions. Off the eye, off the eye. I can do um, I mean, I'll paint a picture for you. Nice bank on the far hand side as we see it. Um, far hand. Far, on the far, <laughs> the far side. I was going to say near far side. Uh, lots of uh, lots of fans trickling in, sitting up on the bank. We've got uh, beautiful uh, marquees with seats lined up, and Matthew Sinclair sporting a mullet yes. in the middle. Yes. Just to throw that picture off somewhat, Steph. Jamie Howe facing up now to the second ball in the over, and just another. Takes a big stride down, just has a look. Jamie Howe, one game of cricket in the last seven years. Just taking a little bit of time to look and, and see this one through. I was going to put on a um, Brian Waddle impression, but I always just default into a Richie Benno. Nice little clip off the pads there. You know, they sort of have that, uh, you know, that sort of voice up here. It's, uh, it's a bit like that, but that's a bit more Richie Benno, isn't it, than, uh, that's than Brian Waddle. But coming. Brian's a little bit more New Zealand, isn't he? But that's a terrible impression. So I'll just be the Coney, and you just, um, you can be the Waddle. Okay, uh, let's say that this is uh, Ben Strang. Comes in, bowls, Sinclair, forward in defence, leans on it, has a lock, single bounce back to the bowler. End of the over, it is three without loss. No, three, three for one. Oh, sorry, three for one. I just can't quite see that scoreboard. Um, can you see the scoreboard from your end? I can see it from there. Howe's on one off five, so big strike rate of 20. Sinclair, one off two. He's at 50. Three for one, and 
I'm worried about the scoreboard itself, Steph, because very windy here, and that thing is just <laughs> sitting on top of the trailer, and I feel like it's going to go any at any point. But yeah, TBC on that. Someone did text in about the um, vault as well, so we're going to we are going to do the vault, and it's three questions today. Should we take a break and do the vault? No, I think we'll let's do one more over. Okay, and then we'll come back and should we do same the same guy bowling? You you bowl, uh, yeah, Baden Horst. Baden Horst comes in. It's a how, and it's oh. his first shot of aggression. Oh, good bit of fielding down there, backward a point, just the single. But Jamie Howe will be happy with that off the middle of the bat. It's a slow outfield with all the rain we've had, though. Mm. And that's what these batsmen are trying to do. You know, they're trying to ease into their work, you know, early on in the day because they want to take on that boundary. They they see the boundary, they want to take it on. but, But they've got to ease into it. The bowler knows that. He'll pitch it up. Barden Horst. Sinclair, shoulders, arms. Now that there, that's the ball. He's trying to pitch that up, and they're just trying to ease through it. They're just trying to ease that way if they can and, and find themselves into this game because the problem is is that they'll get caught out. They'll get caught out if they, if they go too hard too early. They'll, they'll get caught out. So they're just going to ease into this game, Steph. Barton Horse, third ball of this over to Sinclair. Sinclair winds up, but he's just mistimed that bottom edge, goes behind. The keeper doing the most running he's done in the last decade. A comfortable two there for Sinclair. Uh, living on the edge, uh, the bottom edge. And now they put the doubt in the bowler's mind. Do, do I bowl short? Do I bowl long? You know, and that's as a batsman, that's what you're thinking about. You know, am I going to come forward to the ball? Am I going to stay back in the crease? And if you don't work that out quickly, you'll get found out. Bardenhorst again into Sinclair, just cozies it, dribbles it out off the offside, out to a sort of a backward point there, no run. You're better, better there from the bowler. Got his line right, and the batsman, you know, he, he's also thinking, what do I do here? You know, I've got not many runs on the board. We're into the third over. Bardenhorst again, Sinclair, just... Up on his toes and plays it down to point. Get good line and length here from Barton Horse. A couple of guys who've had a little bit of rust, not a lot of cricket. One ball remaining, Jeremy. And as the game moves on, you ask yourself if you're a Matthew Sinclair, at what stage do we go for it? You know, at what stage do I open up the face of the bat? Do I look for a for a square leg or a deep point? You know, because that's the problem with T20 cricket. It's fast, Mark. It is. Bardenhorst just interrupts his bowling motion there as Levi Sherwood's jump ramp is moved. The bales are blown off. Sinclair says, don't worry about the bales. I'll put them behind. I feel like we've been no boundaries yet. I feel like this might be one comes in and bowls Sinclair. That little chop again, backward of point. I think we're going to see a bit of this today. Of course, this is uh, the way the wind's going right to left as we view it. That is the end of the over. It's some runs for one. How many runs, Jeremy? Uh, <laughs> got seven for one. I was thinking, you know, the, the, the imitation stopped short of me telling a cracking Jeremy Coney yarn staff. Unfortunately, you're not going to get that out of me. <laughs> so that's as far as the impression goes. It's just the, it's just the ball by ball. Yes. But I've always, I've always wanted to – I think cricket is such a good game to call. I, I actually heard Watto talking about commentary on radio the other night saying that um, a lot of commentaries, you know, it doesn't quite fit radio. It, not not every sport is made for radio commentary. Cricket mm. is. Cricket is just absolutely made for I'll radio. I'll tell you one thing you do need is end-on vision because we can't actually see the line they're bowling. We're side-on. We're yeah. sitting bang on at square leg, and it's very hard to see the line. Yeah. We can see the length, but... Well, we don't know if it's hooping around as well, you no. know, given the wind. Exactly. All right, let's take a break. If you want to play the vault...
0800 150 $250 bonus bet is up for grabs. I'm going to let Sam and Captain K run it because I'm going to go and see who's available for a couple of uh, interviews in the next wee while. But 0800 150 811, the vault is here for you to win. Give it a go. Three questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? Yeah, it's vault time. Steph's uh, handed over the reins to myself and Captain K. It is 19 for one here at the Slog Sweep with uh, Sinclair off on seven and Howe on eight. Uh, but the vault, we've got three questions today and the grand total, 250 buckaroos sitting behind that vault door. And it looks like we've got Simon calling in from Auckland. Now, lucky caller day. G'day, Simon. Hey, John. Very well, mate. Now, have you listened to the last few days? Have you have you got all the previous questions up your sleeve? Yeah, I've got a, yeah. Yeah? Yep, I had a good listen, yeah. Okay, yeah, and do you have an idea? Yeah, but, um, yeah, if I'm way off track, I could be well out, but... <laughs> <laughs> we, we will see. Uh, now, Kez, usually we uh, we give Simon the option of asking a few of the previous day's questions. Do you have the previous day's questions there, Kez, or is that a staff thing? Uh, might might be a staffy thing, but I can remember okay. them off the top of my head. That can helps. You? All right. Well, what, do you want do you want a couple of uh, questions to help you out, Simon, or you just want to rip straight in? Oh, I might as well. Yeah, from yesterday. Yeah, all right, Kez. Why don't you pick out a couple of questions randomly, and uh, and you can give uh, Simon the answers. Right. Was a New Zealand team involved? No. And I'll give you one from the day before as well. Is it an Olympic sport? Yes. Okay, so no New Zealand team involved, and it is it is an Olympic sport. So, Simon, three questions, and then you get to have a stab. 250 buckaroos up for grabs, mate. Away you go. Okay. Does it involve Steph Curry? Does it involve Steph Curry? No, it does not. Okay. Um, I'll stick with a the basketball theme. Is it... Okay. Um, does it involve Kobe Bryant? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does, Simon. Okay. Um, I got one more question, or yeah, one more, one more, and then you have a guess. Okay. Was it? Um, was it? Um, the Raptors playing the Lakers in 2006 Raptors playing the Lakers in 2006 yes it was oh yep I think I'm ready for a guess yeah alright Simon you have a stab mate and try and get it as accurate as as precise as you can and then Kez will punch that into the uh, combination lockbox and see if you've won yourself 250 bucks courtesy of the TAB what's your stab hey yeah I'll go with Kobe scoring 81 points. Um, yeah, as the Lakers beat the Raptors in 2006, I think it was. Oh, that's very specific, Kez. Punch it into the uh, into the vault door, mate. This would be 18 for 20 from the line and an 81 point game. 55 in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history.
Oh, there you go, Simon. 250 Ooh. buckaroos, mate. Well done. Wow. Thanks. Oh, mate. Yeah, you, came, so you came in hot with the basketball theme with that with Steph Curry there. So what, what do you think it was potentially involving Steph Curry? Oh, breaking the three-point record of Ray Allen. But, and so but you went straight, you pivoted straight from that to Kobe Bryant. That's good from you. There's a lot yeah, of basketball could, moments that Captain K could have picked. Yeah, I know. I, I knew the year was after 2004 from earlier in the week as well. So, And I was just hoping it was basketball. Otherwise, I was cooked, I think. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, Simon, mate. All right, we'll hold the line. Um, kids will get your details. 250 bucks, courtesy of TAB, coming your way. And we'll have to uh, lock away a new piece of Vault Audio uh, on Monday. As I think Jamie Howe's just, uh, he's just, picked one off he's actually just picked out the fielder he has uh, absolutely picked him out there and uh that is going to be 27 for two for team slog Sinclair's on seven how was on 14 after opening up a little bit but he's just gone and thrown away as wicked as they say um and i'll tell you in the actually in the black caps going on at the moment at eden park india batting first new zealand chose to field won the toss chose to field 16 for none uh shubman gill and shikadawan at the crease for India. I'll keep you updated on that one. Steph, you've just run a marathon. Yeah, I've just run a marathon up and down the stairs. How'd you go in the vault? Uh, Simon picked it up. Yeah. He, he got it. He got it, yep. He uh, he thought it was basketball. Went I thought down. it was basketball. Can I have my guess? Yep. Did it? <laughs> um, Kobe Bryant? Yes. Okay, so I thought it's Kobe Bryant. It's one of three things. It's his last game. Mm-hmm. It's his unfortunate demise in the helicopter. Or it was... Gee, the, was or it was... That's a, mor- that's a morbid vault. Or it was him scoring a truckload of, I was going to say runs, truckload of points against, I just can't remember the team. He got 80-odd points. Raptors in 06, as Simon pointed out. It's 250 bucks going over to the big man there. Well, the latest update from here is we were going to get Ross Taylor at three, but they are two down, which means the number four batsman is in, and Ross Taylor's batting five. So we're probably not going to get him at three. So um, we will just go into a holding pattern. <laughs> well, let's take a break, Steph. You can catch your breath. Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break. That's a no ball. We're back at Fitzherbert Park. Uh, score update, team? Uh, 37 for two. Sinclair, 16 off his 20. Uh, striking it at 80. And Cleaver out there. He is naught off three. Just, just easing into this game. Just finding his way. Ross um, Taylor, obviously, next man in. So once he's he? in and back out, uh, we'll chat to him or Skippy Sinclair when he gets out. But he's looking pretty handy. Actually, I got a text message from Brendan Popperwell saying he's had a bet on Matthew Sinclair, top run scorer. He's still playing senior cricket in the Hawks Bay, is Matthew Sinclair. Wait, he just got a... Like, for this game? Can you bet on this game? No. Oh. <laughs> But if you could, I see. If you um, could, yeah. And in the uh, in the black caps, the Indy, you're actually sort of cruising at the moment. Twenty seven for naught off six and a half, or just coming up seven overs. So mm. a text message here, I quite enjoy. We were talking about people, famous people, or people who've gone on to do interesting things that you were at school with. Um, Reese says, Staffy, I had a mate from school leave and join the army at sixteen. I lost touch completely till a couple of years ago. He's now a photographer for Sports Illustrated and bikini models and the Victoria's Secrets lingerie. Interesting. Get back in touch with him, mate. <laughs> um, 
Steffi, I was lucky to go to school with Melissa Rusco. She was captain of the New Zealand women's football team, then changed to rugby and was captain of the Black Ferns. Carl, she's a champion. Uh, very lucky to have played first 15 rugby. Comes in bowls, misses. Uh, first 15 rugby with two All Blacks, Rudy Wolf and Anthony Borick. Uh, and a Kiwi warrior, Louis Anderson. Jimmy, there's some talent there. Uh, I went to St Peter's College in Gore with Tory Peters. Yes, the javelin thrower. It's great. Sam, you can relate here. Lancer High St. Paul's collegiate nickname yep. was Hi-Ho Nuts. Good laugh, Lance. Yeah, he. Uh, yep, Hi-Ho was a St. Paul's old boy, as was uh, Daniel Vittori. Um, there was somebody else as well. Uh, Jeremy Wells, I think, got expelled from St. Paul's. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. <laughs> There's a story for another day. Yep. Um, we'll be back after the new sport and weather. Um, maybe Ross Taylor eventually. Maybe Skippy Sinclair if he ever goes out. But stick around. We'll have some more fun in the sun at Viterbo Park, thanks to Property Brokers. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. For two are the sloggers. That is the cricket team. 51 for two now. Sinclair starting to open up the pistons. Both carburetors seem to be going just a little back cut just before the news finished for four. 51 for two they are now. Ross Taylor's due next in. So we're just taking this opportunity just to go off on a little bit of a tangent actually. I am joined in the commentary box by Grant Kitchen. He's the president, I believe, of the New Zealand Chefs Association. Is that right, Grant? Just get that up there, and I'll turn that on right there. Now we can hear you. Um, you're in, um, about to embark on a bit of a interesting venture. You're taking a proper, real McCoy restaurant to a golf club. I am locally. indeed. It's, um, it's been in the pipeline for a little while, but there's a lot of golf courses around the country that have, you know, have embarked on this and turning their places into restaurants, uh, including the Manawatu restaurant um, at uh, Manawatu Golf Club in Hawkefiti, who've been operating for a number of years and successfully as well. Mm. So uh, it was a no-brainer for the Fielding Golf Club to, to do that. Because back in my day at Palmerston North Golf Club, I was a member at, you'd finish your you'd finish your round, you'd have a couple of handles of lion brown, and then you'd you'd just tuck into a sausage roll, maybe a bacon egg sandwich. Things yeah. have changed, eh, Grant? They are starting to change. There's quite a few, as I say, beautiful golf courses around New Zealand that have uh, put in uh, beautiful restaurants. So there's um, a, a trend that is uh, operating uh, very successfully. Because the big thing is, golf courses have amazing views. Um, and I played a lot at the Field and Golf Club. It's a beautifully positioned. It's, what are you, 15 minutes from Palmerston North. You're literally three minutes from fielding, and the view from the clubhouse, it's, it's elevated over the golf course. It's a big tick already that a lot of restaurants don't have. Yeah, well, there's not much in the way of views around the Manawatu. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a clear night, you can see the moon. Yeah. Um, out at uh, at Arpiti, we've got uh, the tavern out there as well, which um, we've got 
the beauty of the, the Ruahini Ranges to, to look at. Um, but as I say, golf courses have just a pristine, pristine view that um, that we're lucky to have at Fielding. Mm. And sports really struggle, for, and you've, you've you've got to diversify. We see a lot of clubs uh, collaborate, cricket clubs joining rugby clubs. We've seen tennis clubs and croquet clubs and bowling clubs all form a bit of a conglomerate. But you you need money to keep these things going. So you don't have to be a golfer, obviously, to go to the Field and Golf Club to dine. So what's what's the big challenge for you to, to design a menu that services both the golf club and the public as a restaurant? Um, well, it's not try to be everything to everyone, but, um, you know, just put a balance in the in the menu. Um, we're pretty famous for our low and slow barbecue, which is, we're leaving that at the tavern. That's what the tavern does really well. We're, um, we're focusing on doing beautiful contemporary food um, at the golf club. Mm. And your name's Grant Kitchen, and it does. <laughs> how much ribbing have you had? Oh, ribbing. Oh. How, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty. I mean, uh, every every time I do a demonstration, I always open up that, yes, my name is really Grant Kitchen, and I haven't changed my name at all. And, and I know Grant stems from an old French word meaning great, and Kitchen and French is cuisine, which also means food. So it was destiny I was going to be a chef. And... Um, uh, a lot of my family you know, tend to rib me about it, that's for sure. Now, before we let you go, Grant, look, everybody cooks uh, to varying degrees of expertise. What's something, what's a little tip you can give us that we're all doing wrong? Like, I know um, Italian chefs tell, don't put oil in with your pasta. You don't, because people say you put it in so it doesn't stick. You have it on a rolling ball, you don't need the oil. Vinegar in your poached eggs. What's what's something that you can give us that we're just going to go, oh, I wish I'd always known that. <laughs> um, oh, you, you, you don't have to be complicated about um, cookery. It's uh, There's a lot of uh, simple recipes out there that, and one of the things that um, has gotten to the stage where a lot of things have been unmanaged, unmanageable or um, and have become so complicated that uh, a lot of families have stopped cooking altogether but if you focus on you know just keeping it simple um, that's all you need to do mm. you know um, we've got a program in, in the NZ Chefs uh, called Kiwi Kids Can Cook that uh, my good friend Huey Blues runs and that's a focus around getting kids you know, to buy into that process yeah. of of preparing great food, um, so they can come and play sports like this one. Mm. You know, I'm uh, a big fan of getting kids to uh, get their own part of the veggie garden, grow the veggies, harvest the veggies, cook the veggies, eat yeah. the veggies. They get the buy-in with kids. Yeah, and it's been a lost art at the moment. You know, cooking. Um, it's not really focused on. Obviously, uh, COVID hasn't done our industry very uh, much favours, mm. um, and there's a lot of struggles out there at the moment to try and find staff. But um, man, when you find those people that are passionate, you just want to hold on to them and, and keep them uh, with you. Good man, Grant. I wish you all the very best. It sounds like an exciting adventure. I look forward to playing fielding, but I'll be looking at the 19th uh, from about the third <laughs> hole on, I reckon, so I can get into a bit of your tucker. We wish you all the very best. Thanks, Debbie. Cheers, mate. There Cheers, is mate. Grant Kitchen. He is the president of the New Zealand Chefs Association, and um, the Appity Tavern is was voted one of the, the restaurant destinations to go to, and uh, I've spent a bit of time out in the Appity area, and it is wonderful and with some good food. And what a good idea, eh? That if people have played at the Fear and Golf Club, 
Um, it's a handy golf course. It's never going to be one of the top golf courses in New Zealand, but very playable, very enjoyable. And if you know anything about the clubhouse, um, and then just some great food with the likes of Grant and those guys cooking it, I think that's a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. Um, it's just gone 10 past three. Score update is Big D. 63 for two. Sinclair still there. Taking, oh, he had a dance down the wicket, but the bowler was one step ahead of him and he's pushed it wide. Is that Andre Taylor bowling? That was quite rapid, Andre Taylor bowling. He said, I'm not going to bowl. He said, I'm not going to bowl. Look at him go. Not a bad length as well, Steph, um, Mm. in his first over. So uh, he did get smashed for six, though. Uh, the first six of the game. So. Oh, he is such a competitor. When you've played, you know, I mean, he was one step away from All Blacks, Andre Taylor. He was being talked about for a while being an All Black. But, um, you know, New Zealand Māori, Hurricanes, very good player. You never lose the competitors. You never no, lose the will to win. You can definitely tell. But, you know, what the thing that they'll have to be careful of here, uh, 10 over's gone. So they're halfway through the innings and uh, just sitting on that 63. They've got wickets in hand, but they'll need One to... One of which is Ross Taylor. Correct. But they... He doesn't want this. Actually, when I went down to just, just before and I had a quick chat to him and I said, I want to grab you. And he said, I'm batting at five. And then um, you were playing the vault and a wicket went down. So he's next in. So he couldn't come up and chat right now. And I said, oh, I thought you'd go in early. He goes, mate, the, the ball's moving too much for me to go out. <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, he's... He, he'll, and he'll be enjoying the free subway as well, let's be honest. He'll be... Uh, Actually, he wasn't he, eating. He's standing there. He's got, he's got the zinc, the zinc on the lips. I wouldn't want to leave that room. There's there's free subway. There's drinks and all sorts, Steph. It's a, yeah, it's a palace. It is a palace. setting. And uh, I'll, um, just after this delivery, make sure nothing dramatic happens. Nice square bat there straight now. Um... Just a text in here that says, went to Hamilton Boys High. Too many superstars to put into one text up the factory. <laughs> uh, interesting, obviously, being a St. Paul's boy heated rivalry with Hamilton Boys High. Um, you still and look, read it. I mean, you still read I re- it. Well, I'm reading it out, Steph, because um, factory is a very good word for it. Um, I don't know if you want to call it slave labour, uh, <laughs> but they definitely paid for their athletes. We'll put it that way, Steph. Uh, <laughs> Poaching is a strong word to use, but they paid. They paid. I know a few people that were lured away with the... Uh, with the you know yeah. the could deals I, that came from Hamilton Boys High, including a few Fijians. Could I suggest to you that it's a big weekend of sport? You could suggest that to me, Mark, and I know where you're heading with this. Where do I watch it all? Where do I watch it all, Sam? Because you, I've got my take-home pad yep. right in front of me. Yep, and uh, the thing is, Steph, you thought that this was all starting to wind down a little bit, didn't you, with uh, Rugby did League World feeling. Cup, Women's Rugby World Cup um, coming to a close. But um, there is still... Plenty of sport available on Spark Sport, including uh, the Black Caps in India, which is on right now. So if you're stuck in the office or you're thinking about heading home and putting it on, um, you want to see how the Black Caps go second innings because they're batting, um, then get, get yourself a Spark Sport account um, because you can watch it live on there. You can also watch it with the ACC commentary if you're that way inclined. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the second ODI, which uh, first ball is around about 2 o'clock as well on Sunday. Day nighter. 2.30. 2.30. Is that at um, Hamilton? Is that at Seddon Park? Look, I'm pleased you asked me. It's at Seddon Park, Hamilton. Yeah, it's a great venue. One of the greatest venues in, in the whole of New Zealand. Actually, probably in Australia. That's just down the road from Hamilton Boys, eh? Uh, more, it's closer to St Paul's. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Vittori, you know, he's one of the best. Um, he won us the... Oh, he got us into the 2015 Cricket World Cup final. I still hold... Um, that little uh, off the pads um, down to th- I think it was um, fine leg that right, yep. put, I think it went for four actually it was it like, took all the pressure off Grand Alley let's did. be honest it, and Grand Alley will tell you we don't win that match without Daniel Vittori yeah he, and then uh, Ear Vittori of course as well in, uh, 
in Wellington. Was it in Wellington? Was it against the Windies? The Air, Vit- the Air Vittori? Yes, yes, big... with a huge oh, that was Will amazing. Chamberlain catch. One, one Another the, boundary the... there to... Who is it? Dane Cleaver. Oh, Dane Cleaver's just hit a boundary. Um, so, yeah, so, look, we're talking cricket. Um, Black Caps India on uh, over the weekend. Um, the Australian PGA on... Um, Spark at the moment as well. Yes. Um, I haven't actually checked on how Ryan Fox is doing, but I've heard there's a Kiwi in there. Um, Izzy was mentioning it this morning. Um, a, a young Kiwi lad who I think was four or five under. Um, I'm just bringing it up now uh, at the Royal Queensland. Uh, oh, Daniel Hilly is actually um, tied for seventh at the moment. He has shot a four under today to go to six under overall. Uh, Itamir shot a three under there to go to seven under. Um, the winner out in front on 10 under. But... Nephew of. Really? Mm. Oh, well, there you go. So um, day that's day two, isn't it? Or is that day three? What's today? Friday, two. Day two. And, yeah, of okay. course, this is the tournament, the reuniting of Steve Williams and Adam Scott. Adam Scott. So uh, you can catch that one on Sparksport as well. And then we have the uh, NBA. We've got American football on as well. We've got a little bit of eSports there. The Blast Premier well, that's for Four Final. Uh, Copenhagen. That is, uh, that's taking place over the weekend as well. So like I said, Steph, there's still plenty to keep your eyes on over the weekend on Spark Sport and with a big summer of cricket coming up as well. Um, it's not like, you know, you're not going to be using your account. So no, get no. amongst. Sea um, Sport differently. Sea Sport Spark Sport. Uh, Adam Scott tied for 15th. He's sitting on four under. He was one over today. So good start yesterday. He's now 15th. Equal, uh, Jeff Ogilvie, former US Open winner. He's at two under. Greg Chalmers is there. Just seeing if I can see any other names that might be interesting. Uh, the guy I caddied for in two New Zealand Opens. There's a six. There's a lusty six. Lusty six, okay. Who has smoked that? I think it was Cleaver. That was Cleaver again. He's, um, um, yeah, so Scott Strange. I caddied for him twice in the New Zealand Open. He's tied 30. Um, Elvis Smiley, not much of a go for. Hell of a name. Um what else have we got down here? I was going to say James McConey, but James Mee is in there. So, yeah, Nick Folk uh, is just above the cu- uh, the cut line at the moment on even par. How'd Luke Toomey, I should ask you how Luke Toomey went. We spoke to him as well. There's another big hit from the big man. Is that another six? It is a maximum. Oh, that's, that's huge. Um, Brad's just said last time St. Paul's beat Hamilton Boys was in 2002. And Toby Lynn was Captain Toby Lynn, who I think was head boy in my First year, which was 2005. No, that can't be right. Cause, mm. but, um, Can maybe, you see the that text was a different, Actually, it might have been Lynn's brother. Might have been, uh, Mac, was it Mac Lynn? Was that his brother, maybe? But um, 2002, it's a long time, Steph. But look, all I'll say is uh, very small school. It's about a third the size of boys high. So, And we also have um, females. So um, I'd say less, um, less pull of talent to pick from uh, for our first 15. Um, plus, we didn't expose ourselves to the Super 8. Like uh, Hamilton Boys does, we've just mm. sort of chosen to, you know, focus Stay on uh, the yourselves. academics. Yes. Focus on the academics. Uh, it's um, a more well-rounded student that comes out of St Paul's staff. I think you'll find. Can you <laughs> see, can you see that? Can you read the message from Craig Steph? Can you see that one? Yep. Uh, Could you read that out, please? Craig Steph. Uh, yep. Palmy Boys School of Champions. As you're watching them today, lads, but had the pleasure of attending with one of the best ever, Mark Stafford, the legend. Enjoy your Arvo. What is it? Uh, sure. Sure to be a great reunion. Sure to be for a all. great reunion for all, Craig, Steph. Now, that sounds like the whole Sark, Sark method. You know, Craig, Steph. Is that, no, is it's that... Craig Stephenson. Oh, okay. Yeah, Craig okay. Stephenson. He's a great Palmy man and great, great family, great Palmy family, actually. Craig Stephenson won our 
first sweepstake, and there's another six. You know what, Steph? Okay, this is uh, you're starting to get to me, people. You're starting to get to me. Someone here says Denzel Adamir also out of the factory. Keep them coming, lads. <laughs> All I'll say, Steph, is you know you got to score six hundred students. You got to score fifteen hundred. Okay, the ratio is nearly three to one. So yes, for every three that you've produced, we probably produce one. That's just a numbers game. That's but, a numbers game. But it's the quality, Steph. Last it's time, the quality. Last time St Paul's beat Hamilton Boys, I wasn't alive. Not looking good, Sammy, from Captain K. Uh, well, I tell you what, we beat them two 0 <laughs> in a football game. Uh, it was during the 2010 World Cup, Steph. Everyone had World Cup fever. Um, and I remember we all were getting behind Chris Wood because he was playing at that World Cup in South Africa with New Zealand. Mm. Um, and so World Cup fever buzzing around St. Paul's. We played boys high in the knockout cup or maybe – no, it was yeah, it was the knockout cup, I think. And uh, we got the whole school to come along Wednesday afternoon and they all had Vuvuzelas because it was that time <laughs> that was the Vuvuzela. So we had literally the whole football pitch lined with students blowing on the Vuvuzelas, just the buzz – that's as big as it sort of got for me, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I never played professionally. So, you know, full school, um, and we beat them 2-0, and it was just one of the best feelings. Mm. Because I've said to you before, the relationship with St. Paul's and Boys High, to us, they were our biggest rivals, and you had to beat them, and you, they just, their blood boiled when you heard about Boys High and you wanted to play with them. But see, for Boys High, we were almost that, just that annoying sort of brother off to the side. Their big rivals were, were the Super 8 teams. They were the Palmy Boys, they were the Napier Boys, etc. So, it almost was like disrespectful that they didn't treat us how we treated them. It even got to us even more. But uh, nah, some, good, some great rivalries. And I, I, by the way, have plenty of mates that went to boys high and plenty of football mates, etc. that have become good friends after school too. So, Oh, he's retired, Cleaver. Retired for 52, Steph. Is he? Yeah, should we clap him off? I didn't even see him come off. Yeah, is, no, he's retired. Is he off? Is Roscoe out there now? Ross Taylor's taken to the field. And uh, I was going to say, Sinclair's been hit in the head because his helmet's come off. Oh, it's his hat. Oh, it's his hat. Or is it a helmet hat? And it's a wide. My goodness, the wind has really got up here. Um, it's it's getting up towards 20% of maximum for Palmerston North now. Um, and interestingly, they've got the off spinner coming in with the tailwind. With the tailwind. Oh, what was that? That just came in then. Oh, that was a break. Captain Casey's take a break. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, you've crossed to us during a Ross Taylor slog fest. Unbelievable. We have seen in the last four balls three sixes and they have all cleared the boundary comfortably by 20 metres. Sam's very worried about his rental they're vehicle. Get, they're getting a new ball because he's just he's just lost two of them. And uh, this is called the slog sweep, and they are all front leg, down on one knee, slog sweep, all square leg, all forward of square leg, actually. Um, I, yeah, deep mid-wicket, six. One uh, landed about five metres short of our commentary window, which could have been interesting, another five metres. But he is uh, three sixes, big D. Is that what he's hit? Three sixes and four balls? Yep, three sixes and four balls. And what's the current score, Sammy? Uh, 130 for three. Very worried about the rental. Um, We've which, sent the tech. Uh, Paul, the tech's gone out to check both our cars. Yeah, and look, if I get, if I'm made responsible for any damage caused to the rental staff, I will kick up a stink because this venue is about 10 minutes from the airport. And then the hotel's about two minutes from the venue. So why I've ever gone to rental car is beyond <laughs> me. But I have a rental car. And it's, is, is the car okay? 
Oh, they are coming. <laughs> they are coming in up. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, no, we're no, I'm on the far side. We're on the far there. side there. Oh, so, okay. okay, so the Ross Taylor is setting the balls to where Sam and I have parked our cars. All right. Is that worth a, worth a oh. get up and a move, Steph? Or um, a... Get up and about. They've actually ran out of balls. That's the problem. They've run out. Three balls have gone over the grandstand, and they are standing in the middle not playing cricket because they've run out of balls. That's just not cricket. <laughs> That's just not cricket. I'll tell you what we'll do, Steph. Uh, update from Eden Park. 54 for naught. India are after 14 overs. Uh, Shubman Gill's on 30. Shikadawan is on 23. But it's only, it's, well, it's a one day. Eh? Oh, okay. It's a yeah, one day. It's a one day. It's an ODI, as they say. Bowling and, figures, please, sir. Um, at the moment, we've got Ferguson bowling. He's uh, he's 12. He's gone for 12 off his three overs. Uh, Santner's bowled one, went for three. So pretty economical from him. Who's. Gifted out the runs there. Yeah, I'll get, just bring that up. Milne. Who was go- Adam Milne was going to be playing no, he's, in this. He's not bold yet. I'll tell you what, uh, Southie went for 19 off four, and Henry's gone for 20 off six. Okay. So, no, it's pretty, I mean, it's, yeah, they're, they're just sort of easing into their work. But um, Is this drinks? They're all just standing around yeah, not doing well, anything. Well, they probably are just, yeah, they're waiting for a new ball. Um, are they having selfies with Roth Taylor mid-wicket? And really concerned about the rental. Um, Steph, why don't you talk about the longest day? <laughs> Post-sneeze, I'll talk about the longest day. Of course, Cancer Society, wonderful organisation that support people whose lives are affected by cancer. They are behind and they're encouraging you to go spend one of your days in the weekend having four rounds of golf. Take a day off work and have four rounds of golf in a day. Uh, it is the longest day golf challenge, raising money for the Cancer Society. Longestday.org.nz is where you register yourself, your teammates. Get a group of workmates. And here's the thing. You don't even have to be good at golf. Sam Hewitt could play. You, you, you know, you don't have to That's be. That's <laughs> mean. That's mean. You, you know, I'm getting lessons. That's you know. It's way to lock my confidence. Mark. No, you're actually a lot better than what I was expecting. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. When I went to the driving range with you, you Ross, didn't think a lot of me. Is Ross Taylor leaving the field? No. Is Matthew Sinclair? Have they given the him a red card? He's just saying. Oh, I think he's giving them the keys to his car because they've run out of cricket balls, and he says he's got a few in his boot. Have they really run out just of cricket balls? Just switch to the red ball. Just switch the... Oh, here, here they go. Here they go. Now, they just had to open up a new packet, and maybe it had the little wiring on the back that keeps the ball in place, so it's a little bit fiddly. Steph, I'm actually going to put it on my CV that um, if, if we do get back underway here, I'm going to put it on my CV that we've commentated Ross Taylor and Matthew Sinclair. I'll... I'll well, so it's not a lie. When they, the final, exactly. they finally got a ball, they're going to sling it out into the middle uh, very shortly. Um, we will do. We'll do the next over after the new sport and weather. Uh, Sevi Reese and Quintapaya were the last to come out of the factory, Sam. Yeah, then a the long dirty, time ago. Then it? the dirty Cantab stole them off Waikato. Uh, there's a request there from PJ. He would like to know if, if I can get Richie Benno back in the box. I'll do my yes. best to get Richie. Well, we'll try. We'll try and get Richie in for the next over uh, after the new staff. Uh, I went to school with Chris Gemmell in Palmy. Triathlete was a swimmer originally, a couple of years younger um, then was at swimming competitions with me too. Cheers, Janet Palmy out and good Arvo to you. Uh, Chris Kimmel, great man. I've, I've had him on the show a couple of times actually. He does a little bit of media for the World Triathlon Tour. Now does Chris Kimmel. Good, good Palmy man. Went to school with Whopper McIntosh. Always great to know an all black off sport. I went to school with a bloke called Neil Kerr. Uh, he was a, went from being a meat worker to a brain surgeon. Wow, there's a transformation. 
an absolute transformation. All right, break for new sport and weather. And after that, Richie Benno in the commentary box with me, commentating Ross Taylor and Matthew Sinclair. Remember, all month, if you give SENZ a call, Able Living is going to reward Caller of the Month, any show, any time. The Able Living Caller of the Month will win an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill. There are so many syllables. I think every consonant and vowel is used at least once, and that's the trick between... I think that's why there's no Z. But otherwise, Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill for the Able Living Caller of the month. Uh, we got a couple of winners for our two double passes to the uh, Wellington Women's Phoenix, Phoenix Women's. Um, they have a three o'clock game tomorrow. Uh, actually, Kez has said they've just given us another double pass. Another double pass. So if you would like one, double eight double three, write the word keen and your email address. First one to do that will get the double pass to go take their kids to um, the Phoenix Women's tomorrow, and that's a big thanks to Oppo. Great supporters of the Phoenix and women's football, and I watched it last week, their inaugural game. It looked like a fantastic atmosphere. They were unlucky to strike the best team in the comp last week, so they'll be looking to write that on the ledger. I can tell you uh, Matthew Sinclair has just gone out. Oh, he's retired. Okay, so we've got a new batter going out to join Ross Taylor. So um, who is it, sorry? Mitch Redwick. There you go. Um, but Ross Taylor's done some damage, Sammy. Um, can you see on the scoreboard what he's got He's off? on 24 off nine deliveries. And um, <laughs> interesting with uh, Skippy there, Steph, because he uh, very good with moving his feet and just sort of soft hands. He he, he actually went for it off his last shot there. I think he was either going to go for six or go out. But it was only four. He doesn't have a lot of power behind him. Oh, uh, Ross speaking Taylor. Speaking of power. Listen. <laughs> that was the ball on the roof <laughs> like that. Ross Taylor on the roof Reminiscent of the great Jock Edwards Who used to do that with uh, Enormous regularity here at Fitzhubert Park Of course the, the Nelsonian Who played for Saint That was a hit and a half uh, But the challenge to you Ross Taylor is, is Go over the roof Don't go on it Another six runs for Ross Taylor. Amazing. Actually, um, I'm just trying to pick out who that bowler is. Big D will tell me who the... Jared Cunningham, who was keeping earlier on. He's taking the gloves off, and uh, Ross Taylor's taking his gloves off, and he is just socking him left, right, and centre. Uh, the field is spread far and wide. I can tell you there are... He's another Bang. six. Just another <laughs> Get six. Get out of there. Another six. There are one, two, three, four... Four on the <laughs> leg side boundary. They've all got their hands in their pockets and they're laughing, Sam. They are all laughing at this absolute clinical display. That one was, again, front foot down the wicket, a big swing, arcing swing of the arms. <laughs> I kid you not, the umpire's taking a selfie with them right now with Ross Taylor holding the bat. <laughs> uh, that is absolute without Be a word of Be professional, please. Yeah. Um, in fact... Oh, that's the ground announcer, Steph. Oh, is that Hamish Mackay? It is. It's Hamish Mackay. It's probably for It's probably for Mackay on sports Facebook page. Is he a bit late? Hamish Mackay's actually fielding. 
Well, he's standing straight behind the umpire, so he's commentating. This is a first. Right, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna start videoing this for our Instagram story, and okay. we'll uh, see if he gets another six. Okay. Live on the story. Oh, live! Oh my goodness. Well, not live, but he could have gone Instagram live. Um, so Cunningham moves in now. Right arm orthodox bolts the Taylor steps down the ground. But he hasn't quite got a hold of that. He has, I tell you what. <laughs> I thought that was going to land inside the rope, but it's it's careered into the side screens, which is a good five metres beyond the boundary rope. Ross Taylor on an absolute tear. He didn't get that at all. He does have the benefit of the Palmerston North wind behind him to carry out that. But, oh, I'm going to get Big D to tell me the bowling figures for young Cunningham as he comes in for his next delivery. Taylor back in the crease. Swings high, hard. It's a catching opportunity. It's squealing and he's grasped it. <laughs> oh, the big man. The big man has grasped ah. it. I think that is Tony Falloon. Income support, uh, customer service. Uh, I used to work with him. He's a great man. Um, played uh, rugby for Manawa too. He was at square leg. He circled. He circled, uh, but didn't manage to gather it in. I think they've run two. That's how high up the ball went into the year. So Ross Taylor just going along his merry way. Takes his stance again. A big slog. And here's another catching chance, is it? And he's gone. He's gone oh. to mid-off. He just mistimed it. It was a thick outside edge, and he's popped it up to mid-off. Ross Taylor will return to the grass. He's halfway here already. The crowd are applauding the great man, and, of course, it was this man here that has brought this wonderful game of cricket together. Uh, the presence of the man, he strides off uh, with a final score of... 44. 44, and Ross good. Taylor. And there's some good news, Steph. We can probably get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to run down. Uh, what's our time? Uh, 3.38. Why don't we take a quick break now? Um, I'll run down and I insist he comes up. Uh, if we get him, you're welcome to call on 0800 Don't jump the gun yet. Uh, but I'll come back, hopefully, with Ross Taylor. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yes, welcome back to the Afternoons. Big thanks to Property Brokers for helping us get here for the slog sweep and the man that's behind it all. The reason we're all here, Ross Taylor, he's just scored 1,000 runs off 15 balls and he joins us. If you want to have a quick chat to Ross... Give us a call, 0800 150. Can't have too long with them um, because there'll be a few calls, I'd imagine. Got a lot to get through. Ross, um, that was sparkling, wasn't it? Oh, I think it was It was a bit of a fluke, really, I think. Um, but you did go out and say the keeper has to bolt me, though, didn't you? Hey, you go just downwind. I guess it's called the slog sweep uh, <laughs> for, for a reason. Um, I would have been disappointed not to have got uh, at least one away and uh, it was nice for Dane Cleaver to go out there and wear a helmet because I haven't batted since high school uh, without a helmet so uh, it was nice for him to go out there. <laughs> the slog sweep, the cow corner, has that always been in your arsenal? Uh, well, I think it's it's pointing that we're here because over the back there, the hockey turf, mm. um, that's where I think it came from because I play a lot of hockey, uh, very rusty, Um and it just came so naturally to me, to be fair. Like, I, the purists used to give it to me from a fan point of view and as a coach uh, growing up. But for me, it was such a natural shot. And more often than not, there was no one in there. There was no fielder there. So, um, obviously, I had to curb it uh, over time. 
Um, but no, it's always nice when it uh, comes out of the middle when you're able to hit a, hit a six. You've, been, you've played all over the world in the IPLs. You've toured every cricket country imaginable and hosted them here as well. How important for you to come back? I came back and had a few drinks with the lads last night, and I'm a Palmy boys old boy. My old teachers are there, old schoolmates are there. How important for you to come back and do something like this? Oh, cool. And obviously in the other team, um, a lot of my teammates uh, in the rugby side and that I haven't seen for a long time, uh, people in the crowd, um, who have been big part of my upbringing and um, my time. I have nothing but fond memories of, of Palmy Boys, and I think it's a great initiative. It's nice to be able to come back here and um, you know give back in a small way. But um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit strange when you come and uh, so I still say sir and and, I do and, too. and, and, <laughs> say, and, and and address my teachers, you know, who you have a lot of respect for by their and they're like, no, no, don't don't talk like that, but. Um, so I guess that's, I think, one of the big things I learnt, um, you know, was that respect factor. And, um, and I think it put me in good stead for uh, an, an international career in, in cricket because, you know, it can be an unforgiving place uh, being a professional sportsman and a batsman at that. Have you felt less pressure just in your day-to-day life or you can enjoy life in different areas now because you don't have that mantle of a current black cat player and you can, you're playing for the love of it? <laughs> Uh, from a playing point of view, 100%. Um, you know, you're so focused and you, you learn to deal with failure a lot. And I've been so relaxed of the games of cricket that I have played that I think, you know, you don't want to disappoint. You want to maintain your spot on the team, your your stats. You want to win games. But sometimes that can be overpowering and overbearing. And, um, you know, when I have finished, um, I think, I suppose you, I wouldn't say regrets, but, mm. you know... But then I suppose that's what motivated you and, and things as well. So it's a it's a cash twenty two in that regard. But um, yeah, I I think you're always a black hat. People still come up and ask for photos and um, and ask about your career. So I don't think you ever lose that. But from a playing point of view, definitely um, it's nice to know that I I don't have to warm up for a five day test on a hoping that the captain wins a toss on a green seamer. <laughs> <laughs> We're joined by Ross Taylor. I said if you want to have a quick question or a or a quick comment for Ross to give us a call. Our life member, Zaid from Auckland, has called through. G'day, Zaid. Got a question or comment for Ross? Uh, yeah, question for Ross. Um, now that you're not playing cricket, do you get to eat a bit more uh, KFC? And um, if you consider playing um, one of the black clashes, now um, a lot of players play, play the black clash in January. Um, so just, just start. We just had to change his headset over. Go again. Um... Just wondering, now that you're retired from cricket, do you get the chance to eat more KFC? And uh, do, do you reckon you might play the Black Flash at some stage? Um, uh, no and yes. Uh, I, haven't, <laughs> I can honestly say I have not had KFC since my last uh, international game at, at Seddon Park. Uh, New Zealand cricket um, and probably from the players as well. Uh, there must have been at least a hundred pieces of chicken in the <laughs> in the change room after my last game, um, and we were playing obviously the Netherlands, and they thought it was absolute Christmas having KFC. I think that, so. I haven't had KFC since then, and the Black Clash. Uh, unfortunately, this year I'm I'm busy uh, playing, but definitely um, we'll we'll try and play. Um, you know, it's, it's a great cause, and uh, you know, I suppose. When you're retired, it's nice to give back in, in different ways. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Zade. We go down to Christchurch, good, talk to you. Donald. G'day, Donald. Yeah, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, a couple of questions for Ross, mate. 
Go ahead. Uh, Ross, um, listening to the commentary on the um, TV and stuff like that, you hear the batsman playing it through the gap. Is that more luck or do are you actually able to manage to actually place the ball through the gap? That's a great question. Um, I would say there's 75% of the time you hit the gap that you want to. Um, but there is times where you you know in yourself that you've tried to hit, say, an off-drive and it's gone to mid-on. <laughs> and it goes for four and the commentator say, lovely shot, but you knew it wasn't meant to go there. <laughs> but quite often, I mean, a player knows that and you can sort of know it from watching from the sideline. But as long as it goes for four, I don't think anyone's really really that uh, Yeah, it doesn't worried, really matter, does it? It doesn't really matter, but um, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. And uh, Cow's Corner, what part of the paddock's that? Oh... Uh, for me, that's most of the ground. Um, <laughs> but Cow Corner is just the mid-wicket boundary. Um, the, okay, mid-wicket. I, got to, I got told the other day by that Glenn Phillips at an age group game hit a six um, over mid-wicket, uh, obviously Cow Corner, and as it was going for six, he was mooing. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I thought that's quite a good story, that. <laughs> Thanks, Donald. Yeah, it's a shame you retired so early, Ross. We could do with you, do with you in the one days in the twenty twenties. Oh, I've, I enjoy watching from the sideline. I had I had a good I had a good crack at it. Cheers, good Donald. Morning. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Um, what is ahead for you, Ross? I know you you went down uh, to play for CD yesterday. Didn't get a bat, but a very nice win for CD. What what what's this coming summer look like for you? So yeah, at the moment I play for Central Districts for as long as I can. Uh, the white ball. Uh, competition. I've started a new job for Castle Point, uh, which is an equities company in Auckland that I uh, do two days a week, which is nice to just be out of cricket, um, learn a new field, and uh, no, it's been fantastic to meet new people and you know different people that are not involved or deal with cricket in, in, in any capacity. And uh, I wanted to get a comment off you about um, <clears throat> Martin Guptill. There's been an outpouring of support from listeners, commentators alike. Just through the last week, uh, he's been allowed to finish his contract. We sort of think maybe he was persuaded and all this ruminations. Um, if this is it for him, what a sad way for him to finish. He's just an unbelievable servant. So much sacrifice, our highest ever uh, one-day run getter, third on T20s. I feel like there's more left in him. I think you probably think there's more left in him. It, it, it hasn't been a ceremonious finish that he probably deserves. Yeah, uh, obviously uh, being a good friend of mine, uh, I'm a little bit biased, so uh, take what I have to say with a, with a grain of salt. But yeah, I hope it's not the end. Um, uh, he's been a fantastic servant. I, I think, um, if I'm honest, 2020s probably, you know, they need to work towards that. But I think he's still got a lot to offer uh, in one-day cricket. Um, and I, I just hope he gets at least a few games. I think he's, he's, pretty, he's only too short from 200. Um, why, not, why not give him his two or three games, 200 games for New Zealand, being our best opening batsman for a long period of time in the white ball, um, 237 in the World Cup, 180, all these phenomenal milestones. I think, you know, you go around the country, you meet a lot of people, a lot of kids, and the amount of kids that say that Martin Guptill is their favourite player um, you know, what, what What better way for the public to come and say goodbye to what's been a fantastic career? Mm, I would love to have been playing tonight, actually, up at Eden Park, hitting straight sixes just oh, for he, fun. And he scored runs at uh, Eden Park for fun. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I still, obviously, uh, 
Steady and, and Gav have, have gone with Finn Allen. Um, you know, he's he's gonna he's got some big shoes to fill, um, and you know, in the years to come. But uh, he's showing potential. But there's still uh, still a lot to go. I think there to to see the f- final product. Yeah, one day World Cup next year. Finn Allen doesn't work out. I, I'd be okay with uh, Martin Guptill opening with Colin Munro, Ross Taylor in at three. We're all good again, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, three's too high for me. I get a nosebleed. <laughs> Hey Ross, I'll let you go back down. Uh, thanks for running up just at the fall of your wicket. It's a fantastic spectacle here. Thanks for being part of uh, creating this. It's a cool day. Hey. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91